This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The Blackest Wrestling Podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in, that's on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation The power of the this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all that counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Hey. Hey, folks. Welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Bournard. Here with me, I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Um, home alone uh, for a couple of days. Um, so I am missing my wife. Um, she is actually down there for the week. So uh, oh. she had to go work in our office. Um, so um, I am up here and I have this house that, that I can just be as loud as I want in for a couple of days now. <laughs> I'm, I have a bunch of different questions as far as like, you know, cohabitation and all that kind of stuff uh, with someone that you, you've lived with for a long time at this point. But as far as like, you know, the compromises and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not going to do that because it's none of their damn business. But um, yeah, I'll man. say this. Um, it, it, usually, she's, she's usually, you know, she doesn't care how loud I am normally anyway. So um even now, I can just I can just go buck wild crazy on the show right now, and it don't matter. Amazing, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm I'm just chilling. Um, and working on a lot of different projects, and you know, just trying to get a bunch of stuff right. So, uh, what's up with you, man? Not too much. Weird day today. Weird day today, man. Weird day today. Like you, you pull lived here, whole life, Central Florida, summer. You know it's bound to rain any other time, so you know how to, you know, maneuver and navigate around doing whatever you need to do, get your life, get, get the fuck on with your life stuff. And, um, man, I botched one today. Like, I thought rain was coming two hours uh, later than they actually did, and, man, it screwed up the whole the whole back half of, of today. But um, we still made it work. Uh, but, yeah, um, uh, so you say you want to start with the uh, juvenile um, NPR tiny desk uh, yes. run. So, all right, I to be to be honest, like NPR's tiny desk. I've seen clips of the stuff. I think some of the stuff has been really fun. It makes me think a lot. It's not this, but it does make me think of like MTV Unplugged when I was younger. Yeah. Obviously, is it, obviously this isn't unplugged, but like it's kind of like a you know. We're doing cover. We're basically doing renditions with artists, and they're doing a deconstructed version of their classic songs, or whatever else. 
And, um, you know, I've seen some, I've seen some really fun stuff over the time. Obviously we had Usher do it last year and he had memes to death with the watch this and all that kind of stuff. And, um, Megan Thee Stallion has a really good one too. Who does? Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion does. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I mean, there've been, there've been a few that have caught my eye. Megan was one of them. There was also one with, um, uh, who was it? Actually, that wasn't a tiny desk, but that was of similar ilk it was uh jasmine sullivan a couple years ago but uh, um yeah she should she should have one she doesn't have one but anyway um that girl can sing anyway um juvenile has his and um i'm always thinking about like rappers doing tiny deaths as far as like the the, the awkwardness of you know you know what the lyrics sound like and you know what npr kind of does and like the queasiness that you know, people that were in charge of production, they must have had for, for trying to get some of the lyrics to go through and um, or whatever else. I'm not trying to get them to go through, but like having to stomach those lyrics. And obviously, it's it's not too it's not 1999 exactly, but it still is people being queasy over uh you know people you know thugging it out over the airwaves. Uh, you know, so, we couldn't we could we couldn't get them talking about the Oscar Mayer. Apparently not. Apparently not. And it was funny because, like, you know, you can't get to skit with with, with uh Benny Fresh doing uh, Leroy Urashima. Oh my god, <laughs> like <laughs> that is a skit that, like, boy, <laughs> like, like, like you no. think of like when you think about like, oh, people talk about how come there aren't any skits that are losing anymore because they were outright offensive. That's why <laughs> we can't be doing that no more. <laughs> um, so so yeah, um. Juvenile did his and Manny was there and I thought it was great and um they they pretty much for twenty well close to a half hour, I think it was like twenty six minutes, something like that. They they pretty much hit everything that I would that I would expect them to hit. Um and I thought that like the interplay with the band and Manny, you know, kind of, um, you know, c- coming in and doing his, you know, unserious verses from time to time and also doing his DJ and like definitely liven it up and um, you know, the people that were that were there, uh that were listening to it like they were into the songs and um it, you know some of the cuts to some of the fans and some of the uh people in the audience dancing were like all-time memes where it's like so random bland white guy number five is just there with a big npr shirt and he's grooving it to, to the stuff and i'm yeah. just like i don't know if he's ever heard this one before but it looks like he's having fun and this is great so so yeah what were your what were your uh your, your thoughts on uh on the uh tiny desk from juvenile Man, I thought it was great. I thought it was um something that should be preserved. Um, you know, in whatever you can pre- send this to the African American History Museum or something in Washington D.C. because it was just uh so cool to see all those those songs. And you know, Manny Fresh making some of that stuff on the SP twelve hundred, some of that stuff, uh, you know, and other means like keyboards and all that, mm-hmm. but. Um, I was interested in the substitutions for like what would kind of be what, and it all sounded pretty good um, for a long time. Like you know, more of maybe like the 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 rap that came out in like the mid two thousands. I didn't like when they did live bands with that stuff, but I liked it in this. And maybe that's like a function of um, you know Manny Fresh being around live instruments uh, and Juvenile being allowed around live instruments their whole lives because in New Orleans line stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And um and, and everything just flowed and it was so um it was such a joyous uh thing to see juvenile there. And then I was just looking, I was like, man, I, I feel like this guy's really underrated now at, at, at this point. Like 
just so many dope songs. And, you know, I got in the car and I was, I was riding around with, with um, Catherine and playing a bunch of Juvenile. And it was just like, yeah, he has a lot of stuff that you can play with your woman. He has a lot of stuff that's like, you know, extremely well written, uh, great choruses that are just just you know stuff to chant along to and it's just like anthems and it's like i do people realize like how how great this guy was has he ever really gotten um you know his, his just due Probably and, and and thinking about cash money like people like think of cash money nowadays they're like oh drake wayne and Nicki minaj right i'm like you gotta start with juvenile yeah especially um, like when we're talking about putting an album together and all that Mm. Who's got better albums off of Cash Money than Juvenile? Uh, I mean, it, it's up for debate. You ask me what's the best thing that they've ever that Cash Money's ever put together as a single album from one artist. I'd probably still say 100 Degrees, right? But like, I don't know how much of that is like the nostalgia of like that's what I grew up on, and also the part where like it is one of the greatest rap albums ever. Um, it, it, it's weird with him, like. Uh, in a way, he has that same songs ever. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the thing with, with, with Juvenile is like he has that kind of like. It's like the same thing you have with Plies, right? Where like, if you have never listened to a Plies record or a Plies album, and you just heard like their outlandish, ridiculous things he said, and you listen to like uh, his his lyrical content as far as the level or whatever level of uh, complexity that you think is there or is not. You could think that like, oh, he's just an average rapper or he is a bad rapper. And then you play off the whole Southern guys can't rap thing without accounting for the part where like, it's hard to be lyrically like that kind of level with like the tempo of the beats are slower. People just don't know that because a lot of people don't actually rap, right? You know that. I know that because we've been around that. We we understand like the the differences in the tempo changes, the kind of things you can do with whatever. So that's that's why I like beats that are 90 BPM or above. Right, right, (laughs) right. So you can go out with the pen and pad and start putting, you know, multiple syllable words together at the end of the rhyme shit. Anyway, so um, it's a thing where it's like, as you mentioned, like the content matter and like making it all tie into the hook and like being on subject and you know, more or less telling the story, if you will. Juvenile was great at that. Um, you know, like, if you play... <laughs> I was going to say, if you play Get It From A Mama, you get, you get this... Yes. Like, it's, it's that's, like, a great, it's, that's a great concept. It's like, think about this concept. Right, right, if it was a term right. paper. It's like, you can just write shit right. forever about it. Right, right. But it's the idea of that hook. Is so, like, But you hear the hook, and you don't think about that. You're just like... A big fine woman make you smile when she pass you. Damn that bitch sexy. Her mama got ass too. Like no one's gonna, no one's going to go through that and be like, oh yeah, he's definitely like staying on topic. Like it's like you know, and all of right. the ties together to the hook. Like people are just like, this is fucking out, uh, outrageous. Like the I and, and this person's off the wall with it, and he's off the chain. He's just thinking like, hey, this man is talking about like this woman's sexy and her mama got ass. Like it's, it's funny. It's just funny. Right uh-huh. and like that same thing will like will applies too and I'm just trying to make it like a more a more common or a more uh, topical or more something you've seen like more in the last like ten years or whatever else compared to like what was you know twenty five years ago so so yeah um I think that um I I think I've always thought that he was underrated in that from that particular type of thing like right there's been tons of rappers that like I don't necessarily think are you know the greatest rappers ever, but like they have put together like pieces of work that just like, 
You can't take that from him. Like, you know, Rich Boy, Rich Boy album. Like, you can't take that from him. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, uh, you know, Boats, you know, based on a true story from Duchesne. You can't take that from him. Right? You can... And it, I don't think, and I think at this point, like two, two chains is wrapped enough of enough people's records to be like, nah, you can't, you can't say that dude can't rap. That man went on a, on a record with, with Big Sean, Kanye West, with whoever was writing with that shit for Kanye West and Pusha T and smoked them boys. <laughs> and yeah. got the fuck out of there. So, um, yeah, I just think that like, it's one of those things where, you know, time passes by and also like the way his run went, where it's like, he drops what? three albums and then like does the stuff with the hot boys. And it's kind of like goes to the contract dispute thing with, with, um, cash money. And then he's gone for a year or two or three years or whatever. So then he's back. And like, that's kind of like the, you know, kind of it. Yeah. 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 Like, in my life. Yeah. Is that the one that has in my life? I can't I'll remember. Anyway, down has uh, you know uh, you know uh, rodeo and um, slow motion and and in my life like that's basically like the last of his run kind of. So that's like two thousand four, two thousand five. Juve the Great. Juve the Great. That's what it is. Right. Right. Juve yep. the Great. Yeah. Project was way for that. Because um, that's like that's like soldier rags and shit. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's pretty much it. So. You know, you kind of, it's kind of, you know, had to run, like, like most gangster rappers, like, had to run, goes about, you know, runs about five years, has something else, and then, like, he, he's, he's kind of gone from the limelight. So, it's easy to kind of just, you know, sweep that to the side or whatever else, or whether or not he's underrated, because it's like, you don't even think about it anymore, unless you go back and play the, play the older stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and, and I would encourage people to check out, like, that, that stuff he was doing with uh, DJ Jimmy, and then, like, they put a lot i think it was like in 2000 1999 they like brought out like these old recordings or whatever that basically like one of those you remember how when the game came out uh like jt the bigger figure had like yeah i got this other game album that that y'all never heard before so we gonna put that out too that's kind of what it was but it's pretty interesting interesting to see like the evolution of, of his style from like the early 90s into you know the late 90s when they you know were on top of the world and all that and it's just like this is a really talented dude and i thought the the performances were great you know just hitting every word i thought the the use of the singers um for the rodeo song and it was just like just think about i was like man this is just such a well put together thing like you know just mapping all the stuff out like 400 degrees on there of course they did back that ass up twice or whatever um and it's just like yo this is this is a lot of talent that is largely underappreciated cuz you know we talked about Manny Fresh last year on the show yeah. and then Juvenile and it's like i i hope these guys make a killing like in their like um essentially their victory laps you know mm-hmm. around you know festival the festival yeah. circuit and everything like that going overseas like i hope they make a killing like because like um you know Rock and roll gets to have their 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 rock and rock guys on the stage until 70, 75 yeah. years old and all that, right? Yeah. And you know, 50 Cent's doing his last world tour right now or whatever, right? And it's yeah. like these guys deserve it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they earned it. Like I, I know I know you deserve you earned it thing. It was just like, nah, man, like they they were like that shit like was like electric coming out the radio when when I would hear that when I was a kid. So yeah. like seeing like you know 
them being alive, them being black men and so being alive probably in their late 40s, early 50s, um, you know, that's that's some that's something good in itself because that's not always the case. Like DMX isn't here anymore with us. So right. like, you know, I I just want people to appreciate what, what this guy did, appreciate that performance, because that performance I think is an all-time rap thing. I think everyone should 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 consider this as such and check it out and evaluate it for yourself. But like you know, we talk about people being on the Source Awards, like, you know, uh, you know, Big Biggie's performance at the Source Awards sitting on the throne. Like, I'll always remember the juvenile Tiny Desk because, like, mm. of where it started from. It was, like, on Twitter. He didn't even know what Tiny Desk was. And right. then either it was that or it was a clever marketing scheme, whatever it was, right? He was like, yeah, do 10,000 retweets and I'll see, see what it does. And then, like, he just started getting the love. People were like, yo, we want to see this. We want to see this. And they put it together, and I think it was a, uh, it, it was something that should be commended and shout out to all the musicians that helped bring that shit to life too, because it was like, I like I wanted to watch it again, like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, I think uh, I think they brought out was was it they bring out uh, trombone shawty? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that was fun. Um, <clears throat> so what did I want to say? Yeah, so. When it came to the the run down the list, like when he plays set it off, because actually, like first he starts it off and he plays like in in you know the instrument uh, the the music players like the instrumentalists like they they're playing like a cover of the intro to Funcher Degrees, and I'm like mm-hmm. I've never considered that like on a tiny desk I would ever hear the intro to Funcher Degrees, like you know Manny was awesome with, with his intro to some of those early albums, like they were just like awesome, so. Um, and, and they're not even just like, they're just, he's, this is a random instrumental he's played that's in the vault or whatever else. And like, is is you know, Birdman or Wayne or, 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 or Juvenile just talking shit over it or, or, or Manny in that particular situation. Actually, he's like doing his actual rundown from that song where he's like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is, he's basically the hype man. He's basically like, we're finna bring out this motherfucking Juvenile or whatever. So, um, <laughs> you know, then they cut the 400 degrees. It, it sounds great. And then they play Set It Off, and like, yeah, I love Set It Off so much. And like, the horns, you know. Manny's doing the live ad libs. Yes, yes. It just, you know, we were talking about that. Clown. When he, we were talking about that uh, when we talked about Manny on his, uh, like, when he was, when I when I was basically describing his, like, uh, the block is hot, where it's like, where the fuck did that come from? Apparently, that was just him sampling himself. <laughs> I, I always thought it was like, I was like, bro, what is that? Like, did he just, like, you know, sample DJ combo straight off of like the audio from um, Killer Instinct, but whatever. But it was great, man. It was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it's time to move on because I could talk, I could just talk and talk about how much fun I had listening to, listen to Juvenile Manny again. But yeah, uh, where do you where do you want to go from there? Let's go to Japan. Um, All right. So we've got uh, the G One kicking off uh, very shortly. I believe keeping it strong. So I was doing the kind of extended preview with uh chris samsa on yeah, that show yeah. so make sure y'all check that out um we're i'm gonna preview this stuff kind of from afar we're gonna go through the blocks of course we've got those matches and we'll tell you how it works so of course uh the champion right now is sonata person yep. that wins the g1 will challenge him at the dome or whoever the uh, iwgb uh, champion oh, is okay, I guess you mean, yeah uh, the it's a 32 participant field this year, yep. four blocks, eight wrestlers each, 20 minute time limit this year, which will make for some interesting viewing. I might hope so. Well, um, I, well, they had to do it because like it's now 
there's basically uh was it six or eight matches per uh per show basically. Mm-hmm. Um so they had to, you know, rent rein that in. And I think it's for the best because like I think that twenty for New Japan works well. Like twenty for stardom did not work well. Like, you know, the Grand Prix normally is fifteen and then uh two years ago they went to so two thousand twenty one they went to twenty, but if any time they went over fifteen, you were like, Oh, they're going to Thailand and draw. You just knew it. Um mm-hmm. So I think 20 for New Japan works perfectly well. As in the drama, the time limit, it lets them be able to actually utilize the draw more, um, possibly. And, you know, none of those matches, not many matches in, you know, in the Grand Prix actually go over 25 anyway. So um, get in, get out, have your good match, cut down on, you know, whatever you need to do. And, you know, I think it kind of, with the TV title stuff that they were trying to do at the beginning of the year, or still are trying to do, like, and they were talking about how they wanted faster matches or whatever else, I think this is going to help them have faster matches and, like, makes the card move faster, even though there's more matches on it. But, like, I think you're going to be, like, maybe not as high of a floor, or as high as a ceiling as it used to be on, on some of these uh, G1s, but, like, I feel like the floor is going to be higher because, like, they're going to just be, like, you know, get to it, straight to it. So um, I think that's for the best. So it's going to start July 15th when the uh, blocks are over. The top two wrestlers from each block are going to advance to an elimination phase of quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. So it's like, yep. you know, literally like some World Cup shit out here. Yeah, um, it's group play. Like, so basically, so yeah, it's block. So top two winners from each block or top most points in each block and whatever tiebreaker sells it or whatever else advance to a, effectively a quarterfinal where, um, the winner from block or the number one, the one seed from block a and, and, and the two seed from block a get paired off with the ones and twos from other blocks or whatever else. And out of those, uh, four matches, then you'll actually have your semifinal, semi semifinalist. And then you'll get your, you know, your, uh, final four to the tournament after that. Gotcha. I, I think my, um, my whole audio is different now. Cause, um, we, we talked about a G one when the, blocks got released or like when the participants got released and we didn't know um so (laughs) i don't think i have kaito kimia going to the finals anymore (laughs) i don't Mm. think so but i don't know um yeah so let's go to the a block the a block uh is basically sonata and the jits um so (laughs) we we got iwgp champion sonata chase owens hikaleo ren narita Shota Umino, Yoda Suji, Gabe Kidd, and Kaito Kiyomiya from Pro Wrestling Noah. Um, this is going to be a bunch of young dudes scrapping, so we're going to get a, a look at uh, the new hierarchy, the new three musketeers. Um, <laughs> you know, a, a look at you know where, where they're, they kind of see them. You know, right now, um, we're going to get them get to see them all against Sonata. They're looking like they're protecting a lot of the Sonata matches. Put all the young dudes Sorry. in here. Uh, also, Gabe Kid, um, yeah. an- another kind of young guy. Uh, Kaito Kimia gets in there with IWGP champion, gets a match with him. And uh, I-, I think my top two out of this block are going to be Sonata and Kaito Kimia. Same. Um, yeah, I mean, because I just feel like they have to do the, they have to do the, they have to get to the uh, Okada and Kiyomiya match again. It's yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like and they can do that even in like in like a quarterfinal or a semifinal or something. So right, right. and still kind of put through who they want to for the finals. I probably do it in the quarterfinals or something. So, um, 
interested to see what Renarita does because I think Shota is like really good, and I think Suji's like really got everyone's attention right now. And it's like, don't don't get left behind. Um, don't 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 be out here just looking like you know the Shibata clone, and you know, uh, and, and fuck around and be a mid Carter. So yeah, I mean, because you know, look, uh, first night open tonight, it's uh, it's it's Ren versus versus Shota. And then, like, also, because they're starting off with all, with all, you know, with a, three A-block matches and three B-block matches. And, like, also on that, you know, is that they're marquee is, like, Suji versus Kiyomiya. And, you know, they've already done the Suji showing up to Noah shows and sending in the crowd and all that kind of stuff or sending at ringside watching Kiyomiya. So, like, that's got some juice to it. So, like, I, I you know, and I, I feel like, they're starting off on the right foot saying like, we're going to put, we're going to put these guys in here and they're going to go, go at it. So, um, actually, no, I'm, it's not just, uh, it's not just six matches, eight matches. So it's like the whole a block, whole B block. And, um, it's going to be fun. Like, I really want to see what Suji can do with like someone like him and me after, after, after that story. So like, or getting to that little simple story, but like just the intrigue of like, what can this actually be for Kia Mia? Like, what can this actually be for, for Suji wrestling the rest of these young guys, like, are they actually really going to do what we think they can do? Are they actually all going to just go nuts? Or is it going to be a situation where, like, we you know, get kind of disappointed, that sort of thing? I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Like, this is going to be the litmus test. They're starting uh, with Z- one. Zach says, waiting for that Gato rug pull on Kaito. I mean, wouldn't that have already, wouldn't that, when you say him getting his ass beat by Okada, be the front pull? That, that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, B block, Kazushko Okada. Zach Porter's favorite wrestler. Um, Yoshihashi, Taichi, Kenta, Great Okan, Will Ospreay, Tangaloa, and El Phantasmo. Um, this feels pretty obvious. Yeah. Zuko Okada and Will Ospreay. Yeah. So um, they're, they're going to have a great match in the B block. Um, can't wait for that. Um, aside from that, I mean, not. Don't you feel like this, this one of those matches is like. You know that's that's twenty minute. I mean, that's definitely twenty minute time limit draw. Like that's yeah. I, yeah. I think you got to do a, a twenty minute draw with them. Yeah, you got to save point. that. You got to save that. Like, you can't like, like you can't be having Osprey lose to him again at this point. And it definitely this in, in the middle of, of, of block play is when you haven't finally beat him clean. Like yeah, that's definitely a time limit draw and perfectly fine. Like just go in there, have your <laughs> trying to get five stars in twenty minutes. Get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Will Ospreay and Great Ocon, uh, both in the same unit, and, yep. and they'll be going at it. That might be pretty interesting. Uh, El Fantasma Will Ospreay usually have good matches. Uh, I remember last year they kind of had this match where it was kind of like a flash finish. Uh, so eager to see them uh, hook it back up. You know, Yoshihashi ain't no bitch, so he's gonna probably come. You know, to, to do his thing. Him and Okada are, are in the same unit. Um, I'm interested. Aichi and Osprey, they yep. you know they were they were going at it earlier this year. Um, yep. yep, I'm interested to see like the Kenta and, and Okada thing. Like, can can we get can fun. we get can we get one match out of out of Kenta in this block? Obviously, we'll get the Osprey match, but like, can we get a, can we get the Okada match too? Can we, can we get something out of this dude? Or is he just flat mm-hmm. out just like, nah, man? I'm just waiting to go, I'm just waiting to get back to Budokan Hall on the green mat. That's all I'm waiting wait, for. Wait till we get this Kenta Tangaloa match. <laughs> That's second on the show. My God, 
Um, Zach, Zach Porter, go Bill. Unbelievable. This is say it, James. An unbelievable hater. Just, just, just an unbelievable hater. I have screen capped Zach Porter saying <laughs> go Bill, <laughs> and I'm going to like send that to the group chat. Oh man! Actually, before I do that, go got an Bill. Idea. Unbelievable. I could I couldn't imagine being that big of a hater about anything. I just couldn't. Like this man, this man just like just on the fly. I will adjust. I will just adjust my morals just so I can you know go because I have an inferior complex for my favorite wrestler. It's real nasty, man. It's real real nasty. God, this forever now. Go Bill. Go Bill. Yep, it's there. Yep, save. I'm saving that one too. It's only a matter of time before he turns on him, too, especially if he beats that man again in the G1. <laughs> if Bill beats Naito in the G1 final, oh, <laughs> that shit going up in smoke <laughs> immediately. Sick. Absolutely sick. Um, Bill got to go send that man to be a father of Black Sabre Jr. I respect that level of hating. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> real sickos in the building. Yeah. I see. Yeah. I see it. Um, you know, as, as a man that may have hated a time or two in my life, Jesus, hey man, have some look, shame, fellas. Look, I, at least look, at least they ain't shameless about it. At least they're not be like, well, I'm not really. No, they know exactly what the fuck they doing. They don't care, <laughs> right? Like you know, they're not trying to cop no please. They be like, yeah, I, yeah, I am. I am a hater. I'm okay I with am. It. I, I get up in the morning, look in the mirror. I'm okay with what I see. Like that's, that's, that's how they get down. Good for them. Good for them. A lot of people don't like what they see in the mirror. They okay with it. I, I respect it. Let, let the hate flow. You yeah. Know. Um. C block. David Finley, Tomohiro Ishii, Evil Tangaloa, Shingo Takagi, Aaron Hanare, Eddie Kingston, and Mikey Nichols. Um. I think when Tomohiro Ishii, or excuse me, Kingston wrestles Shingo and Ishii, I think we're going to be in good good standing. Yep. Everywhere else, I'm nervous. Um, as far as uh, I mean, I trust, I trust Finley. I personally trust Finley, but obviously, you know, this bullet clubbery kind of stuff. But still, I still trust him. Um, I, you know. As for me, obviously, I feel like Shingo's a lot to get through this block, but um, the, I think the real question is, like, alright, who goes through? Does, does Tama go through, or does Finley go through? Because I, I don't think Evil's going through. I'm going to go David Finley. Um, I think they need to go with I, Finley. I'm yep. tempted to go Eddie Kingston because he has a strong title now, but I, I think, but, you know, he, he may be in here to, to facilitate, like, somebody being a challenger that, that beats him as well. I just don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Could be Ishii. Could be Tamatonga. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Lawler the strong champion last this time last year during the Grand Prix? Did you I do not remember. Okay. Well, I, I just, I don't think anybody that was a strong person except for like Bronson Reed really did all that well in the Grand Prix, or the Grand Prix, the G1 this uh, last mm-hmm. year. So I, I'm, I don't know if they actually care about that felt like that. <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. Obviously, they, they, he's going to have some protection because he's a W guy more than a regular strong person would. 
Fred but, Rosser uh, was a strong champ. Black. Oh, okay, so he wasn't even brought over. Never mind. Never mind. Never, gotcha. never mind. Yeah, they changed that belt later. Then okay, so um, yeah, I, I could I wouldn't be surprised if Kingston you know made it, but like I, I feel like Shing, Shingo's a lock, and then from there they'll figure it out. But if it were me, Kingston's not gonna be around that long. You can come up with something to get him out of there, and, and I will go with Finley. But if it's a situation where like he has to make it to he has to make it through the blo- uh you know block play. Or or he, they wouldn't have got him. Then fine, put him through. And it's no, look, I, you ain't gonna t- have me say I don't want any more K- Eddie Kingston matches. Just come back, <laughs> just, just just come through, have the matches I want him to have to be great, and then like get back in time for AEW. That's really my concern. Is um, yeah, I I think Shingo and Finley are moving on, but um, I I also will take Eddie Kingston. So yeah, um, D Block, no Jada Kiss, no no Sheik, no Styles, no J Hood. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Tetsuya Naito, Hiroki Goto, Zack Sabre Jr., Toru Yano, Jeff Cobb, Shane Haste, and Alex Coughlin. And I I don't know if this is a hot take or anything, but Hiroshi Tanahashi is not making it out of group play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't made it out of group play since like 2019. Um. Yeah, I I think I've got Naito and Saber moving through this. I feel like those are the two locks. I feel like those are locks just as much as like Okada and Osprey are, especially given you know last year when they were all in the same block and it went down to the final night and Naito got Saber and all that kind of stuff and uh you know Saber blew the lead. I, I you know that's gonna come that's gonna come into play as well as far as their interactions. So you yeah, know. I feel like those are the two guys uh, uh to win that. Uh, block. Uh, Unless the game has finally come to him, unless it is Hiroki Goto's time. Go ahead, Rich. What the G and G one stands for Goto. <sighs> <laughs> I will say, seeing so many of the people from um, I think it was last year C Block back together, um, I'm I'm glad that like that core is kind of back because I enjoyed like a lot of the Tanahashi, um. Tanahashi, Saber, Naito, and and Goto stuff. So yeah, like just, just if they could give me back what they gave me last year again, because there ain't no guarantee. Given um, where we are with Tanahashi, I'd be more than happy because I was super happy last year. Interested to see what Alex Coughlin does because he's you know a part of that Bullet Club War Dogs unit. Yeah, and um, he's the only other one that made it besides Finley, I believe. Unless I is Gabe Kidd in? He's not in, is he? Gabe Kidd actually is in it. My okay. bad. Uh, a block, he is. Um, but yeah, though, I'm pretty interested in all the the younger guys that are getting in here for the first time. Yeah, uh, that are gonna try to try to prove something. So, um, yeah, this this should be pretty good. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think we're looking at Naito Saber in that D block. Um, Shingo and Finley, uh, Okada, Will Osprey. Sonata yep. and Kiyomiya for, yep. for me. But yep. um and I don't know, you know, what will be matched up where right from there. So right. Yeah, um I mean from there I guess you, you kind of pick winners. I think for me it's still Naito. Like I don't think they're taking a belt off of Sonata um in the back half of the year. At a, or at a place where they could do it. So I think he's get taken all the way to the Dome, and I think he was going to take it to the Dome. The only person that it would make sense for him to be at the top of the car with in Tokyo Dome is Tetsuya Naito. And, you know, Naito gets his chance with that belt. So 
Um, and he can finally do his roll call. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. Look, we can just have Kenta come back out and fuck that up, too. Dude. No, because then we'll have to have to hear it again. We'll have to, like two years from now, people will bring this up. Like, oh, he, you know, he's got to do that golden roll call with all the Lij, bro. I don't even want to hear that. I no- don't give a fuck, Rich. I don't even want to hear that no more. Evil is no longer in Lij. Neither is Sonata. That that shit done with. It's over. It's over. It's over. Who is he doing it for? He doing it for Hiromu and Bushi? I care less about that than I care about mid two thousands Ring of Honor. <laughs> what a transition! I guess that's how we transition. Yeah. Um, so, 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 so you, you want to go straight into Collision or? or what? Oh, oh, oh Jesus. no! no. <laughs> so yeah, about that. Um, I mean, but there there was dynamite before that. So, okay. Um, I mean, I didn't I, look. I, I'm yeah. going whatever. The, I'm going wherever you're going with the jokes. That's all. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw a, a, a news story about um Tony Khan begging Chris Hero to wrestle and chipping away and working on. It. I'm like, I gotta keep it a stack, man. I ain't trying to see Chris Hero in 2023, man. I I I have no real interest in it. Do you remember the end of his NXT run when he was out here having subpar matches from what your expectations were with Keith Lee and Matt Riddle? I do. It's 2023 now. That was five years ago, Rich. That was almost five years ago. Look, time comes for us all. Yeah. You know. Like what? Like. Well, one day we will be washed. is, Is Chris Hero the male Lefisto? Like. I'm I'm just being only thing only thing I hear is that how they used to have and not that they still do. (laughs) Wow. Um, Speaking of Lufisto, um, I don't think the match is happening with with Utami. Yeah, I don't think it's happening yet. That's next week. Yeah, that's next weekend. I think. Yeah. But do do, do they have you for the Lufisto match? No, they have me for the. I'm going to check out the Billy Starks match when I get a chance. and if I like that, then I will check out the. Uh, uh, I heard the, the Janai Kai one was better. I was going to say, like, if I like the Billy Stars one, I will go on to the Janai Kai one. Uh, but I got to hear some. I got to hear some some real word of mouth to, to get me to tune in for the Lefisto one. I, 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 uh, I, y'all don't know how many times at Shine in 2015 and 16 when she was the champion, we would go. Jeremy keeping it strong style. Myself, we can vouch for this. The main events would start, and that shit would stank, stank. Yep. And it's just like, I guess her her thing was just how hard she chops people. So that was like how um, she kind of stood out. But it just didn't like, <laughs> like when I first started going, like the champions were like Madison Eagles and stuff, right? Yeah. And then, like you know, she got the belt, and it was just like, why are these main events so boring now? Damn. Yeah. Um. So, AEW Dynamite this week, um, from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um. This was all right. Uh, I thought it was a I thought it was a decent show. I, I didn't think it was great or anything, um, but it had a couple of strong matches to begin and close the show. Uh, 
you know, in the middle and all that, ah, there were, there yeah. was a lot of, you know, a lot of variants there, like in, in between some of the, uh, the video package stuff. Uh, I, I think the women's match was pretty bad, like with just the, the repeated continuous interference. And it was just like, man, um, <laughs> what are we're we doing? Talk, we're talking about Britain Ruby, right? Yeah. I thought that was a kind of their standard match. Um, so we opened up, we had, uh, the blind tournament, uh, the alleged Stevie wonder tournament. Uh, I, I don't know what is more blind Stevie wonder or these brackets because Stevie's not blind at all. So yeah, I got a feeling like these, these, yeah, these brackets may not be on the up and up as far as, as far as, you know, being blind and totally random, you know, um, as the team of Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland come back together randomly, um, no, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking of the, of the Eddie Griffin line, and when I leave, come back, like, come back together like butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> they take on, but anyway, Orange yeah, Cassidy man. and Darby Allen. Um, man, this Be- match before um, the match, they showed a pre-tape of Darby to- talking to Keith Lee and saying, "Oh like, yeah, hey." Don't be like you kind of been, you know, lost in the shuffle. Like you don't come out here like don't be no lazy prick or whatever else. And man, uh, Keith Lee then proceeded to throw Darby around that around that bitch like he like he was Yoshihiko from DDT. (laughs) He may as well have been a bull up dog the way he was throwing that man around like he was paper like he was weightless man. Yeah, I I see. I see. Darby was restoring the film for Keith Lee. He really was. I see Keith dyed the hair back. Um, I appreciate it. Um, man, that that promo was kind of interesting, though. Man, it was like, is who's sending him a message? Right. This? Like, like if that was WWE and someone said that, people would have been like, who? What are they saying backstage about him? And is AEW? So no one said that, but it's like, yeah, man. Like, there's been a lot of uh a lot of a lot of uh foot has been pulled off that gas pedal it seems because he's kind of just been hanging around or whatever um they and there was all that time it's been six months now they could have done the keith lee and swerve thing and they just never fucking got around to it and it seems like yeah. now they're actually going to do it now six months after the fact but but whatever that's better late than never but um yeah uh keith lee really needed this one and darby and orange cassidy they bumped around for that man and made him feel like when he first came back into came to AEW where it's like you know the limitless shit ain't a, ain't a, ain't a you know that's just a shoot like this dude like really makes people gravitate to him when he's on um and like this match was great and I thought all four of them were great in this match all yeah this this was like man like thinking about how the tag team division has been this year seeing Keith Lee and Swerve back together we're like man remember when the tag division was awesome yep. last year it was these fucking guys yep I and hope everyone knows that yeah and the acclaimed didn't like you know uh, Jurassic Express and like what the fuck like uh, throughout this year you know and I don't know whose fault it is uh, but you know FCR were looking like they, they haven't been defending the belts a lot when they have defended them uh, they, they, it may have been working some working through an injury. Like I, I'm willing to shoot him that bell. I'm not just gonna say the man's washed or anything because they came out here on a collision. They had an awesome match this week, mm-hmm. so it, it was good. It was almost like the challenge was laid down um, on Wednesday w- with this match um, because you know this is just 
four of the most over kind of kind of guys for what they do yeah. uh, all together. Uh, you know, Cassidy and Allen have been great together uh, anytime they've been around, and they're just like such a cool kind of one-two combo of baby faces in, in the company. Um, Swerve and Keith, uh, I, I like the story of them hitting their moves on each other, accidental on purpose. Uh, was was pretty creative, uh, and it was. I just thought it was a, a heater of an of an opener. Yeah, same here. Great match. Um, and like I felt like it, you know, <clears throat> all of the stuff from the past six months where he's like, you left this on the table, and it's like you see, you know, them accidentally hit each other, and Keith Lee is like, eh, I'm I'm okay with that accidentally hit him, and then like Swerve when he accidentally kicks Keith, and he and he. he that, that that the gigantic fuck nigga smile on his face like oh oh my oh my god I was like oh this is great this is so great so yeah man um they need to get they they need to do it like they they need to do this um as far as you know Swerve taking another pin it is what it is he's kind of bulletproof to it um but you know if you're gonna do the match you got to beat somebody um yeah. So. And it kind of like rolls into like the next thing that was on the show, uh, which we got a video package for Nick Wayne. Um, So Nick Wayne is a I don't even know if he's 18 yet. Um, He was or he's 18 now. Yeah, 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 so uh, we see footage of, of, you know, the Buddy Wayne Academy. Of course, you know, Brian Alvarez came through there. Darby came through there. Uh, and you know, Darby's talking about Nick Wayne running around training as an eight year old Darby, you know, big homie. You know, who else graduated from there? Who else? Re- Remember Rebel Kell from Stardom in 2019? I've never seen Rebel Kell. She was this like six foot something woman that was like that was in uh Tokyo Cyber Squad or whatever else. And man, like she was in the Cinderella tournament that year. And I was like, this is before I realized how good Azumi was. I was like, damn, can Azumi? She's sixteen. It's not like can Azumi carry her to a to a good match? She did, but I didn't realize that Azumi was like, you know, a generational talent. <laughs> but yeah, you know that 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 Nick Nick Wayne didn't exactly all the students wasn't exactly you know all you know academic all Americans if you will. I'll I'll leave it at that. A lot of variants. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you gotta have some greats, and you gotta have some other. It's almost like clutch. You know, you gotta have your LeBron. You gotta have a couple of role players. You you can get signed anywhere just to kind of scope it out for you. Oh, you know, man. Um. So, so Darby, he talks about Buddy Wayne passing away and the anger that he had when he received the news. He said he made a pact with himself to watch over Nick Wayne, make sure he gets everything he ever watched in his life. Uh, he said he recommended uh. To, to Tony Khan to watch Nick Wayne's matches and uh, 17 he got him offered an AEW contract and this wasn't a favor this was an epic video package this was like making it seem like this man's like the second coming uh, and then you know I, I've been kind of privy to this information for a while but uh, Swerve and Nick Wayne's matches announced uh, for next week uh, well that was announced last week uh, for this one but or it was announced when in Defy uh, a couple months ago when they did the last Swerve and Nick Wayne match. Okay. And if you guys haven't you know, seen their two matches from Defy, go out of your way and see that. I know at least the first one is on YouTube. Really great matches. Um, yeah. And they're, that's going to be his debut, so they're going to they're going to kill it, I, I think. And I think, you know, 
like like Swerve's got a lot going. With, I, I think this is only the beginning. They're they're showing Darby in this thing. Um, you can you can kind of trace all the opponents that that have been circling this whole thing. Uh, Darby Allen's big homie. Which is which is amazing. Right. The, the, the circle of life right. that is that is happening here. Right. Um, and I, I'm t- I'm here to tell y'all now. I'm all about some Nick Wayne. Yeah, all about him. Um, so so get ready. So, like, I don't know how it's gonna go as far as I'm sure Swerve's gonna come out to his his updated music that he's been coming out to of late. But like by the end of that match, I'm sure that I will like find a way to pull up the get get my copy of Dynamite. Pull up my version, and then like in the background, I'm gonna play Young Thug pull up on a kid because he beat the brakes off Nick Wayne again. Oh gonna, my god, you gonna fuck Nick Wayne up? Uh, yes, like, he, bro, he fucked him up. All these losses, look, look, all these losses of late. He gotta be pissed. Yeah, he gotta be pissed. He ain't even taking oh. out, even to take it on to the kid. And man, it's get ready, Nick Wayne. Get ready to sell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what that's the story they're going for, so it's fine. But I'm like, look, we saw that first match uh, from t- from uh, 2021. Was that 21, 22, the 22. 22? Yeah, early 22. He swerve murdered him. Um, you know, so like, I expect more of the same. Is is get this young dude to fight from underneath and get you to get behind him. Um, and he may and he probably won't see it the first time, but eventually he will get swerve, and he eventually, you know, it's kind of like the Darby Star all over again, like. This dude is too small, he's too young, and and all that kind of stuff. And, but you watch him get his ass beat, and you want to get behind him. And I, th- I, you know, you're gonna see, y'all gonna see if you haven't seen before. And I'm gonna be like, wow, it's 18, huh? Yeah, this could be the next 20 years of this. So, um, really, dude, dude's a great wrestler. He's already a great wrestler. Uh, a couple questions. Um, Black Saber Junior says, "How high is Orange Cassidy? How high up is Orange Cassidy for AEW Wrestler of the Year for y'all?" Ooh, got to be top five, right? I, I I think it would be in the five. I mean, like if you, I mean, would it be like outside of outside of Omega and Moxley? I think you got to bring him. You got to bring MJF in there. Does he wrestle um, enough? To, does he wrestle enough to qualify for that? I don't know. Because MJF, because um, you'd be like, all right, MJF might have, might have uh, or the best. Or Hangman, like. Yeah. Like, he's tough, in, man. He's, like, 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 Orange Cassidy's been really consistent, right? But I don't think he's has, like, he doesn't have your A-plus matches. He doesn't have any he four has, and a half. He doesn't have, he doesn't, like, he doesn't have many four and a half. Or, yeah, or eight, but he's yeah, got yeah. tons of, like. Fours. Fours and, like, you fours. know, stuff like that. So, yeah. like, it's like, it, and it's a, it's a staggering, like, amount. So, like. Yeah. Can he, he, is he going to compile? He, could it work? It could. He's like the only. He's like the only person in America with a, with like a with like a cage match that looks like a starter main event or something. <laughs> he's the only one. Like, oh, you god see? Damn. Like, you got like, how does this motherfucker have thirty sevens this year? Like, what yeah. little cage match? What's going on? Yeah, it's something like that. Um, Black Saber also says so. There's going to be some Joe Jacksonism on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh um, shit. Get a switch. <laughs> um. So, James <laughs> Nova, Big Bill, and Can Kane. Ima- oh, hold on, real quick. Was, yeah, go ahead. Can you imagine? Like, I don't know. Who 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 could we pick? Because the Arizona exactly line up perfectly. But let's say if we got uh, <laughs> if we got Ron Simmons, 
like to have came over to WWF earlier, right? Uh-huh. And instead of like one two three kid versus Razor Ramon, it's one two three kid versus Ron Simmons, and Ron Simmons just beats the fuck out of him. Like, what they have pulled WWE off air for all this black man, what this white kid? Like, what? look, can, can we promise Ron Simmons is in the nation gimmick while he's doing it? Can, can oh we move? God. Can we move it back a couple years? So not Ron Simmons, but Farouk. Farouk, can, can it be Farouk? It? He has. Th- all right, we we, we got to get. He has to wear the kufi. He's got to be wearing, uh-huh. you know, all that. He's got to have. It has to be the black nation too. It can't be the mixed nation. It can't be. It has to be the, the second. Rapper. Yeah, the second iteration of the nation. Okay, correct. It has to be them. We have to move them back a couple quick years. Quick question. Quick question. Are we sure? If I go back through the first iteration of Nation of Nation, am I sure that I will not see Road Dog in there? Look, it's not Road Dog, but it's Crush. It's close. Okay, it's crush I, I just know there was some dude <laughs> in there that 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 that, that look like that, that that makes no sense that he's there, but he's there. But okay, okay, it's Crush. Okay, so, and then there's Savio Vega too. Right, right. Okay, bro, what were they doing? <laughs> Try, look, trying to make look, trying to make a multi a multi ethnic co- coalition rich. <laughs> Sick. That, that is not nation domination. That is that's what they think the Democratic National <laughs> National Party looks like. Get the fuck out of here. Of course, that's why that was scary to Vince. <sighs> Oh man! Uh, so what was Vince cooking in the mid nineties? Lots of trash. Black Saber, I know you're a little younger than us. However, and, and, you know I, I watch New Generation quite frequently more than I like to admit. Still, what do you like to admit? I didn't know you was a shade of that. Oh, I mean, you know, you know that that was my time. You know, I like to kind of see what led to it. And look, some of the most interesting programming is always the transition of eras in WWE because, like. Shit be going on a little bit too long. Shit be like, uh, I don't know if this flies anymore. I don't like Definitely. this person shouldn't be here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, like you start seeing like Hacksaw Jim Duggan in nineteen ninety three and shit, and it's like, no, bro. Like we have packed your kind up and, and, and shipped them out of here. But why are you still hanging around? Um, and then people showing up a little bit too early, and it ain't quite right. Okay, you know. I it, I think it's always pretty uh, interesting viewing, but um, kind of a perverse way. <laughs> Definitely perverse. Definitely. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not loading it up uh, for, for for the garbage man. You know, it's a new oh, one. Uh, half do, do Josie. Yes, yes. I I'm not. You know. Uh, you know. The Sultan. Up, bro, I'm the, not looking. The for- goon. Yes. <laughs> I am not looking for Justin the Hart Bradshaw to show me something. No, no, that is not it. That is not the game. Wasn't Justin the Hart Bradshaw basically him dressed up like Stan Hansen? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Or one of the Black Jacks, whichever one you choose. He dressed like a cowboy in chaps. Um, So Tony Schiavone was backstage. He was waiting for Jack Perry to arrive. He said he's not a thug like Hook. Um, I saw a pretty good point. Um, what what they could do with these guys um, on Twitter? I think it was backup hangman said, you know, there's like a there's an understated like you know New York versus L.A. thing that they can kind of play on here mm-hmm. uh, with these guys. But I don't know if they're gonna they're gonna find it. So um, mm, 
we'll see. Uh, you know, I, wouldn't, I was that, wouldn't, that, to, wouldn't that like require them to have to promo that out or show? No. Uh, yeah, I think you could like you could shoot vignettes around it. Like you can just have them. I mean, we all know where Hook is from, and we know where Taz is from. So yeah, but isn't that like, really Jersey more than New York? Red Hook, Brooklyn. Oh my, well, okay, that, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I, 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 I don't sure. know where Hook actually build from, but right, that's um, what. Yeah, that's kind of where I was getting. At. I think yeah, anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah, they definitely could do the you know Northeast guy versus. New York guy and he's Hollywood and all that kind of stuff and Beverly Hills and play all the Beverly Hills shit from his dad. Yeah, they could yeah. definitely do that. Um, uh, I think it. They're kind of sort of already doing it with like the part where like you know, uh, Jungle Boy has a driver and all that kind of thing, kind of stuff. But like ha- going further into it, I don't you know I don't know if they don't have know if enough ideas the, to do that yet. I mean, they, I mean, but it definitely is there. I I don't think they're going to get the focus and like you know just just one can look at how they set this thing up. They've ran through this like pretty fast. Yeah. Um. When they I don't know three never... times together. Yeah. Like I don't. I know they tagged like you know they were teaming up last year, the end of last year, a little bit and earlier. They broke this up quick year, too. One other time, and it was just like, all right, we know they've been affiliated with each other for lengthwise a long time, but like they haven't really built that connection. They they had that. Awesome tornado tag match. They were both bleeding in it and all that, and that was awesome. But it was like, bro, we needed a couple more of those, I, I think. And I mm-hmm. think we needed more of an establishment of these guys actually meaning something to each other, Yep. right? And I don't think they got that. So it makes me skeptical for the rest of the feud to where, like, is there going to be the, the time dedicated? Are they going to... Because I think this kind of feud is very important, especially like two young guys, right? This is almost like, uh, you know, the three musketeers in the G1. It's like you're matching these young guys up, right? And it's like you're trying to get somebody to break out. You're trying to – somebody's got to lose. And then it's like, all right, how do you see these people and where does it lead to them? Um, I just feel like they've gone a little too fast with this. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that. And I definitely agree with um your point about them like – <clears throat> they were around each other, and their time around each other seems to be more of the the guiding factor in their actual relationship and what you know, like that they feel for each other as far as the things they went through because they didn't really go through much together. Right. Yeah. Um. Then we got the bonding time between MJF and Adam Cole. Ah, <sighs> uh, I don't know, man. I mixed feelings on this i i laughed at some of the stuff but then i was like this is taking a while this is like this is this is the wwf brother um yeah it's two wf guys um like it's 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 no different than the stuff you saw with mjf and jericho and you know some of that stuff was great some of that stuff was you can take it or leave i thought that they they're telling a convincing story that like it is believable. It, it it won't make Adam Cole like the biggest dumbass in the world to fall for for MJF when MJF officially screws him over because it's like he's actually seems to be genuine or actually trying to bond with this dude or whatever. Even though he's being a slime bag, he's actually like trying to find common ground with Cole because Cole is also a slime bag. It's just he got hurt and and he never turned and he never actually turned babyface. He just showed back up after being hurt for a long time. So like their their bonding over their hatred for Shivani is like. Yeah, that's definitely believable. Um, so yeah, like, you know, 
at a certain point, and I, you know, I, I don't know or whatever else, but like, there's also something at play with, it feels like with Roger Strong with this as well. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm interested to see where this goes and they still got plenty of time. So, um, they, they tease that they, you know, that MJF really wants to do a double clothesline spot. Uh, I forgot who it was, but we are going to pop for it. Yeah, because they they built it up now over two weeks, and like I, I forgot who it was on Twitter it was like they're gonna hit the double they're gonna hit the double soup or double clothesline like a Mecca and Mike, and I was like, man, fuck y'all, like this shit, this shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, the wounds are still fresh, man. Damn, can I just? <laughs> it was Black Saber Jr. Yeah, terrible, man. Terrible, terrible, man. Nah, but yeah, uh, they'll do it or whatever else. We'll get a pop or whatever, else. and then you know, probably in the finals, so the MJ will probably put the hook, screw them then or whatever else, um, and that's perfectly fine, you know. And so now you can instead of just the uh, you know guy is you know the next guy is actually like oh well they actually kind of bonded and like he got suckered in and it was actually like he wasn't just a dumbass babyface. It's actually like kind of believable like that MJF showed emotion because he's a great manipulator. So it's more of MJF a great manipulator than dumb baby face this time as it feels. So I'm 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 actually into this. And like, you know, MJF's super hamming it up and like I I kinda like MJF when he does the sports entertainer singer stuff or whatever else. I, I like when you know what when the when the pillars interrupted him in his hometown and he celebrated, I was like, they're assholes. This man won fair and square. He beat Brian Danielson in a in a in going overtime over an hour, and then these assholes came out here and ruined the the, the you know, the the devil going out there and showing his gifts. It's kind of like what's happening here where he's being such a ham and, you know, singing happy birthday for the dude. Like, I'm, in, I'm actually enjoying this. I, I feel like it's a lot better having to sit here, sit here, have to hear him talk about how, you know, he wants to crash a car and then put a woman in, in his place to, to take the, to take the rap. Like, that's, that's not believable. That's bullshit. This is, this is fun. I enjoy this. We had, um, the acclaimed in daddy ass beating the blade and the Bollywood boys. Of course, they're in Canada, so as many Canadians as you can find are getting booked. Um, not really much here about this match, but like I, I'll say, anytime I see the Bollywood boys, it brings a smile to my face. Like they'll, they'll come out here and take some bumps for you. To this day, definitely will. Definitely. Will. Um, but I, I, yeah, it was it was a real short match. Uh, more Harley Cameron stuff, uh, yelling at the acclaimed. Uh, she's gonna have a video for him next week. Uh, they told her to suck it, bro. Um, how much longer is the QTV stuff gonna go? Well, if you watched Collision this week, uh, there was some tension uh, with Powerhouse Hobbs and QT. I believe he shoved him down. Uh, Aaron Solo got involved. Was, was promptly discarded. Uh, QTV looks not long for the world at, at this rate as, as it's currently constructed. That's probably for the best because it's not good. And it never was. So after that, uh, we've got highlights of Eddie Kingston uh, winning the New Japan Strong Open Weight title against Kenta. So, you know, here we go. You, you already know. So, like, I was like, wow, they're allowed to show New Japan pro wrestling footage on Dynamite? Wow. I didn't know we could do such things. You know, after the match of the year happens, we, we, we couldn't get anything. Uh, uh, you know, any type of reference except a small 
under the breath mentioned by El- Excalibur during an entrance. You know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. By the way, you see that that red thing on Kenny Omega's? We we couldn't get no video in January, James. I don't know what the TV rights are for like TV aside or whatever else, and like what the difference is with Strong because obviously like that footage is like just on the New Japan World. I I don't know what the I don't know what that is. I don't know. Can't speak to it. Don't know the rights. But you do raise great points about like they pick and choose when they want to actually tell you what's happened, what's been happening with New Japan. What, it, what that is actually in conjunction, this supposed to be synerg- synerg- synergistic with what they're doing on their TV show. And like, I think it was like the part where this show was like the, where they were on the kick, where like showing video package, so it went in their favor. But like, if this had been like three weeks ago, you, you would have got the Excalibur explanation. They probably wouldn't have shown that. But like, I actually enjoyed the part where like they showed a bunch of video packages and show you like their plans for, and what they're trying to foreshadow or hype up going forward throughout the show. Um, to be honest with you, um, you know, I, and also I thought it was hilarious. Cause like they did so many of them. And I was like, Oh, this one, this, this is the, this is the video package episode. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was funny, but yeah, I did enjoy the video package. They were well done. So, um, Moxley basically says, um, you know, he, he basically gets on on the video and says, you know, Good times and bad, we both made it out, but you wonder why Eddie Kingston is still so angry. Uh, he says, you know, instead of they should make every day count, instead of complaining about the new generation having no respect, Moxley said Kingston should let the pass be the pass and told him to answer his phone. Uh, and then we saw a graphic about uh, blood and guts, and then they mentioned that both teams have an empty slot next week that they're going to fill. Coming tomorrow, Tony Khan announced, uh, or coming Wednesday, yeah. they're going to announce it. Uh, I, I think everyone's pretty much predicting the elite to bring in Kota Ibushi to be awesome. Uh, and BCC is a little less predictable. Are they going to go the homicide route? Are they going to go Jun Kasai as, a, as, a, as an off the, the board pick? Um, because you uh, know he's well, a Marsley. Desperado. Well, wait, did he, he tagged with Desperado against Junkasai, right? Yeah, and you know they was bleeding, right? Because you know <laughs> him because you know Moxley Desperado had that match last year where they were doing ridiculous shit. So like, um, I mean Desperado ain't really doing shit except for road two tags during the during the uh, G one. So it's like, I mean, he could get out. He could yeah, get over. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm total mystery on, on this thing. Yeah. So, like, um, and the crazy thing I've heard, you know, people are flowing like, well, you know, I, I looked it up because once I suggested, I was like, nah, that can't happen. It was like, all right, well, Osprey wrestles this weekend in, G1, in the G1. Then he wrestles, I think it's Yoshihashi. He wrestled somebody on Tuesday. Uh, but it's Tuesday. With the time difference of thirteen hours, of them being ahead by thirteen hours, he could realistically, if he if it was an emergency, like he could wrestle a match, get on a plane, come to America, wrestle blood and guts, and then be back in time for his um sh- for his match on Friday, his next uh, G one match on Friday. I don't suggest he do that. Anything. Would be the most I- miserable. It, like, bro, he would be fucking miserable bro, doing that. <laughs> uh, bro, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I, I think if, I'm saying. Which way would the plane fly? Because I'm, you're you're going into Boston. <laughs> like, all right, are you flying over the Pacific, or are you yeah, are you Pacific taking it all ways. the way the other way Pacific over the fucking mountain? No. Also, in this situation, we we're imagining Tony Khan's doing a favor and sending his own fucking plane. Oh, he's sending the PJ. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But, but either way, 
it's still a it's still a ridiculous uh it's possible it's ridiculous but it's possible and like also like the idea of like somebody is going to start up their G1 by wrestling match two of the G1 <laughs> fly to do a a war games and then fly back to continue to match three of the G1 like that would be Sick. absurd. It's map. It's possible, but it's like if he does this, like he immediately like he he comes into the goat discussion for me because it's like I ain't never really thought nobody would be crazy to do no shit like this. But he does crazy shit like this uh, with his ridiculous schedule. But um, I don't. I'm just saying he has a. It, it, it's possible. I don't think he's actually a person that's actually should be considered. I'm just saying it's possible. No, I'm like I'm not gonna be shocked if he does it. I'm just thinking it's fucking wild that he would be that it, New Japan will let him do this. Uh, but still, yeah. um. But yeah, you, you raised some good points uh, as far as uh, who it could be. Like, uh, I don't know if, how they settled the Jun Kasai thing uh, over the past weekend or whatever else. But like, Desperado is definitely someone that like I could see coming over and doing that because he's not in, he's not in G one and you know they just finish up or not just finished up, but like that Super Junior is behind. The only thing really left for him to do is like do you know the road to stuff underneath on those G one shows. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine he could be Pack. like maybe Pack. Uh, I mean. I mean, he had some heavy smoke with Moxley at the beginning of, uh, of AEW. He really did. I, I don't know how they squashed that exactly. Obviously, he hates the elite. Those are evil. What? <laughs> I mean, look, to be fair, but look, we were WWE NXT guys. So, yeah, be, we're real. They're, <laughs> they're fighting blow-up dolls over there. Over there. So, I mean, it's easy story to tell, but they would have to tell, the sto- tell it nonetheless to make it, you know. They have to give an explanation be like, wait, those... He hates everybody because he's the bastard, right? <laughs> he woke up pissed off. Yeah. Um. So, um. From there, we got Chris Jericho out. Big ovation. Of course, he's in Canada. Um. I, I thought this was immediately. He starts doing a babyface promo, and I'm like, oh. I was like, so so Jericho wanted to show he could get cheered in his home area too, huh? So. He said things, you know, haven't gone the way that he wanted over the past couple months with the amount of losses that he's suffering. I was like, counting them, I was like, yeah, lots of them. Um, that, will Jericho get any credit for this? No. Um, then he talked about, you know, traveling in Alberta. Alberta has invigorated him, and he's potentially going to be the best Chris Jer- Jericho ever. Then he's interrupted by Don Callis, who comes out to the most disgusting, vile, perfect, terrible music that I've ever heard in my life. It's just like buzzing and like it sounds like it, it sounds like a fucking ground loop from like <laughs> from like a uh, hold on. Like you know these damn things. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Sounds like, like audio he's, feedback. He's, yeah, it just sounds like audio feedback. Like, in, and I'm holding up the one eighth uh, inch adapter for your headphones and shit. Um, it, it was like, like it, it was horrible. Like, it was uh-huh. like, yes, this this is an evil motherfucker that, that has no like he couldn't even find musicians or whatever. Like, you know how we talk about the evil gear maker? Like, he couldn't even mm-hmm. find evil. He's so bad. The evil um, music makers refused to service Don Cows. His money was no good there. So he had to settle for that. So, sounded like a sounded like a nigga recorded the back of a jet, having <coughs> having having uh, mechanical issues and shit. <laughs> Awful. Um, he comes out and he got 
booed very badly. They booed the fuck out of him. <laughs> he's Canadian. God damn. Um, he said, uh, you know, six years ago, you know, uh, you needed change. And I suggested that you main event the Tokyo Dome against Kenny Omega. Chris Jericho will not let this shit go. Nigga, you know there is only one main event. Stop it. <clears throat> Meanwhile, Jericho said he was the one that helped get Callis back in the business and into AEW. Uh, Callis said he had to build a new family since Kenny Omega destroyed his old one. It's a family built on trust. Callis said... When he thinks about trust, he thinks of his best friend, Chris Jericho. If Jericho is ready to change history one more time, he should join the Don Callis fam- family. Jericho was like, nah, man, I don't join factions. I create them. But my answer is maybe. I thought this was all really intriguing because it's no secret. Uh, like Chris Jericho's had a rough couple months. You know, maybe Jazz is getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, as we saw later in, in the uh, the night, we talked about either an implosion before between Jericho and Sammy. This is also another way to remove Jericho. You can also throw him as a possibility for a blood and guts person. But that would be um, hilarious. Like, man, just admit, one week. If Don Callis got taught this man into being in blood and guts on like four days or seven days notice, that'd be hilarious. And, and he has not missed a blood and guts yet. People that is point true. Out, so that is true. Um. But the possibility, like, and you mentioned this on the show. I know, I know you didn't remember it, but you were like, Callus and Jericho, like they should get together or whatever. And yeah, I, you know, this would it would be perfect. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember saying like specifically about them as much as it was like the whole like the whole idea of like the coalition to end or sorry, the alliance to end the elite. Where like I was making the joke where it's like got we got JSA they hate the elite. Um, you got, uh, you know, BCC, they hate the elite. You got CMFTR, they hate the elite. Like, you know, only thing left to do is to bring in like the bloodline. <laughs> we just put, we keep fitting, you know, more and more people that hate the elite and stack them on there. Right? Like, yeah, put the Usos in there to, to go fight and beat on the, uh, the Young Bucks. Why not? You know, there's so many fans that want to see it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, like it could be Jericho, and it would make sense because, like, when they first did the first, um, where they set to the, to do the first blood and guts, it was going to be Jericho in there on one side versus the Elite on the other, and then it went through, and Jericho's been in every single one since then. Um, and you know, you kind of treat it like you know, like Triple H or whatever. It was like this is this is my thing or whatever. Else. I'm in every single one of these. You can't you can't you cannot get especially. I know you guys definitely was pissed where it's like. This year they did an Anarchy Arena slash, uh, you know, Stadium Stampede, and I wasn't in it. Nah, man, these are my fucking matches. Like you will not, you will not go a year without me being in at least one of these things. So yeah, it could be him. It could definitely be him. And look, um, after some of the talk about like the CM Punk tried to pitch to be be the fifth person, and that didn't go over too well, and I, and people were saying like it could be Chris Hero. Look, if it's Chris. It better look. Be, it, I look if it's gonna be Chris, it needs to be Jericho. Not Jericho. <laughs> look, come out here, Chris Hero, if you want. It's gonna be a dark day. People gonna on be one like, people radio. Just like, really? Y'all, y'all, y'all putting him and y'all bringing him and Claudio back together. Who cares? 
Not Je- I. Right. Jericho Blow. Oh, he's always hated Kenny Omega. Run it. In Callus. Yeah, definitely. 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 Yeah. Of, of course he squashed the beef with Omasi. <laughs> They're trying to point nowhere. each other. They're trying to point each other. Yeah, I love just, wrestling. Just, it's just so stupid. It. It's yeah. so stupid. Just squash it. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Him and Daniels. Oh, you're going to feel for Brian Danielson. Yeah. yeah. Y'all niggas yeah. won the war last. Look. Look. BCCJ, JRJ. All last year. They were all literally against each other last year. That was Bloodlust last year. Together. Why? Because we're both evil now and fuck that side. Wrestling is so stupid and great. Love it. Love it. Oh. I think you tried to blind him three years ago. Never mind that. We're past that now. We're here to talk about this jump. We're not here to talk about the past. <laughs> Rafael Palmero. <laughs> Mark McGuire. Oh man. Um but uh I'm trying to think. Um Yeah. I think Jericho's the best person. And unless there's somebody now, yeah, uh, unless the there's person. somebody that they have in mind that is totally off the radar and you know i don't know like and it's a complete surprise or something mm-hmm. but i just don't know who's out there so yeah yeah got video package for the owen hart stuff we'll get to that in a minute um after that we had uh doc samson and roger strong back there in a neck brace they in that video package they showed uh samojo being on his on his head and um Strong said he's he's fine. You know, they told him to be careful with his injury history. Cole walks in, tells Strong to be careful. Strong questions the friendship between Cole and MJF. Uh, then M- Cole got a text from MJF said he's got to go, but he's going to check in with Strong later. Then we got MJF and Adam Cole against <laughs> Magic Meat of uh, Daddy Magic in the Butcher in a blind eliminator tournament quarterfinal. Um, and this was, uh, you know, this was, this was okay. Uh, I actually like this part more than the video package part. Bro. Fuck the match. The backstage promo with Renee interviewing, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, from, from 2.0. What's his name? Daddy Magic. Uh, Daddy Magic and the Butcher. I miss 80s cocaine promos where these dudes are so high that they can, they say whatever. It doesn't matter. It rolls off their tongue. They don't get self-conscious. They just know that they're playing a character and they got to say whatever ridiculous thing they, they need to say. And they just roll through it because that that's what exactly what Daddy Magic does. He cuts those kind of promos. Bro. Like, bro. He's, he's great. He, he really is. And the way that he's the way that he knew what he was gonna say was going was fucking hilarious. And he didn't and he didn't break not even close to breaking. He was in control totally the whole entire time. Then the, then Butcher says magic meat and Renee's fucking corpse in on it. She's she's fucking done. She's she's fucking done. She's and they like I'm just gonna get out the way and duck out the way and, and laugh while y'all and hold the mic out so y'all can finish y'all shit. Y'all fucking crack me. I'm done over here. I was fucking howling. And we gotta bring we gotta bring back more of these kind of promos. And it was just like all they trying to do is be in character and and break Renee. I will. That's what we need. We need people, more people trying to break Gene Oakland and break Renee. This own promos. That's what we need. Yeah. Um, this whole thing, uh, went and, uh, this, this, uh, MJF does a whole entrance where he, he assumes the role of Roddy Strong. Absolutely. Underneath Adam Cole. He does, a circle, he does a circle around. He, he does the, the, basically like the, the Rick Steiner, uh, dog face gremlin, uh, pose and everything. And I was like, 
I hate because I was, you know, while this all happening, I, I'm I'm saying to Rich like. I feel like they're going to do some shit where they're going to have, like, Roddy get jealous of this whole thing and, like, he's going to turn on, on Adam Cole. And I got to say, like, I waited all this time for them to be together in AEW and they finna break this, break this shit. I'm finna hate this shit. And then sure enough, MJF does all the, all of the, all of the Rod, Roddy stuff. And I'm like, man, this is nasty what she's doing to me. This is nasty. Like, I don't, how many months away we are from O'Reilly getting back? I don't know. But they're like, nah, we didn't even give you a chance to see all three of them together. Just fuck it. Break it up now. Nasty work, real nasty. I see what's happening. And I don't like it. Disprove. Um, world champion being a little bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, after the match, uh, Cole, as James mentioned, was singing "Happy Birthday." I got a kind of a chuckle out of this. The party hats and the cake. Um, yeah, and then Cole would, you know, and they had a whole hijinks with the cake and all that. Um where he was going to shove Cole's face, but Cole turned around and MJF went into the cake. Right. So, and the main thing is like, Cole is thinking like MJF is trying to cause him harm as opposed to embarrass him like a friend in good nature. So then MJF gets, gets, gets caked in the face and he's laughing. because like, Oh, this is just a good nature. You know, we're friends singing like Adam Cole doesn't know how to, he still does his scar still up because MJF's a scumbag, but he's going to get him. Whether it's this week or next week or whatever, he's gonna get him. And once he gets him, MJF and turn him immediately <laughs> because MJF a master manipulator. And this is good. This is good. I'm enjoying this. Um. So Renee was backstage with Britt Baker. Uh, they were talking about uh, Ruby's comments on her last week. Uh, Britt says she doesn't care what people think about her. Ruby lied when she says she's taking everything that Brit has cared about. She says she's always going to have her pride, something uh, that Soho can't say she has. And then she's like, I also got this. And she pulled out the belt that she won last year uh, for the Owen Hart Foundation thing uh, against Ruby in the finals. Um, from there, Renee was backstage with Chris Hero, Daniel Garcia, and uh, or excuse me, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, and uh, Sammy Guevara. Renee asked about Don's whole thing, and then Jericho's basically, or Garcia's like, what the fuck? Um, actually, before we continue, James, I think we need, when we talk about Daniel Garcia, we need to hit the dance. <laughs> but, um, you know, my man Daniel Garcia was back there. Make sure y'all clip that. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, but uh, Garcia said, you know, well, what, what the fuck is up, Chris? Like, you know, what about the JS? And Jericho was like, you know, what y'all thought y'all was going to be with me forever? Eventually, y'all got to stand on your own. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, Jericho said, maybe it's time for you guys to grow up. Sammy's not saying a word, by the way. <laughs> He's just kind of glaring or whatever. Um, and Renee let them know that Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia have been selected as partners in the Blind Eliminator Tournament. And James, I'm I'm here to say right now, Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia are winning this tournament. I mean, I've been I've been you know for months, for months I've been wanting to be a tag team. Hold on, real quick, uh, Dr. Lariat, he said, "My God, no rhythm." There's no fucking music, and we're on an audio, and we're on a on an AV delay between each other. The fuck? We're supposed to be in unison? What the fuck are you talking about, man? How about this? Run your damn show with another person and see if you can uh, dance on beat at the same time, asshole. <laughs> anyway, no music plans. 
Yeah. It was trying to rain. Anyway. Acapella yeah. dancing, you know? Yeah. Anyway, back to like beat, Look, the beat is in my heart, you know? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> trying to size me. Anyway, back to lecture at hand. Yeah, man, I've been wanting them to, to be tag, uh, tag team for a long time because I've been like, hey, man, is the vision like it's taking form again? And I would like to see them two young guys who right now as singles guys, you know, it's not probably the best for them to be out there because they got to lose a lot of matches. Their tag team, they can be featured right now. Um, you know, and then kind of revitalize the division. So, yeah, like that's what I'm looking forward to now going forward. I want to see them potentially, you know, be you know challenge for tag team titles um russell the acclaim you know um russell ftr whoever else like get into it russell lucha bros whenever they're allowed back on the AEW television jesus <laughs> well they won't be on <laughs> never mind oh <laughs> uh, so we got ruby versus uh brit and owen hart uh tournament matched I did not like this. I thought this was a struggle. Um, Britt's losing a lot. Match, a yeah, whole she lot. Loses, she, she loses oh, more than she wins. Too much. Yeah. I think that this match was just there, and then like they botched a DDT thing where like Britt and Ruby weren't on the same page for timing, and I was like, oh boy. And then, you know, Outcomes, the outcasts, or they were thinking right there, making plays for outside and cheated and went and uh, Ruby won and you know it's you know this is a rematch for the final from last year in round one you know similar to WrestleMania four and uh, WrestleMania three and four you know <laughs> um, you tell me which matches were better uh, man that's a struggle uh, boy uh, anyway but yeah just um. Ruby moves on, and she should have won here, but I think that Britt has lost so much that it's kind of like, it doesn't mean what it would have felt, it doesn't mean what it would have been like, you know, three months ago, early beginning of this year, where it's like, Britt Brit does jobs, but she doesn't lose all the time, and it feels like she is, you know, in a cycle like Jericho was at, ter- at certain points this year, we're like, oh, you're just losing and losing and losing and losing, like, to the point where, like, you putting somebody over bag, while you have may have good intention with it, like, you're in that cycle where, like, you lost so much where, like, you can't get anybody over because they lost so damn much. Um, so yeah, they got to figure this out. Maybe look, got They got to be ramming her towards turning heel once on Jamie when she comes back because, like, why else would she be losing like this? Yeah, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Then we got the main event. Uh, we got Kenny Omega versus Wheeler Yuta. Uh, of course, Wheeler Yuta had pinned uh, Kenny Omega at the Anarchy in the arena. Uh, and this thing was kind of uh, the uh, the revenge of Kenny uh, in this match. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good match, uh, main event match here. And um, there was just like a lot of cool stuff of like uh, selling the injuries. Uh, he did a You Can't Escape where he just like landed on his neck and just stayed there, which I yeah. thought was pretty funny. Um, he came out in uh, his default video game uh, gear and repeatedly did his signatures over and over, like with the power bomb, with the um, V trigger to follow with the, it with up. The with the V trigger, like that's like his main signature in the game. Um, and I, you know, it were like, oh, what's the difference? Kenny Omega does that in, in most of his matches, whatever. It was noticeable this week, and then what sealed it for me was. Hikaru Shida 
came out on Rampage in her gear that's in the video game, and that gear is from like 2021, 2020, Ooh. or something like okay. that. I was like, these fucking gamers like decided to, to they're promote cosplaying the video themselves. Game. Yes, yes. So. I was like, all right, uh, but I, I thought this was a, a really solid match. Um, Yuta was kind of left alone because no Blackpool Combat Club with him because Claudio was waiting to run out. Um, <laughs> they had uh, Moxley in Japan. Uh, Danielson's obviously not around, so he was he was out there dolo pretty much. Um, Kenny ended up getting a win after some snapdragons and a V-trigger and also like uh, almost an, an attempted fuck job by Takeshita and Callis. I thought uh, that worked out too. I thought that worked out really great. I never thought for a second that Yuta was actually going to pin him, but like the crowd absolutely thought they bought it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely got him. Um, and it was like he countered one wing angel into the seat belt pin. Um, Callis came, came out, security, um, a lot of stuff. After that, though, they, they run the big angle. Uh, Claudio Castanoli hit the ring with Takeshita. They started stomping Kenny out. Then the Bucks and Hangman arrived with the chairs. Uh, they gave Claudio a BTE trigger. Uh, Paige was going to hit, try to go for the chair shot, but then the Dark Order ran in to take the chair away at the last second of the show. It depends on where you were set up. This may or may not have cut off for you. It cut off. That's for where me. it cut off for me. Okay. And then um, I saw it on Twitter like nine minutes later. So whatever, what, what, but, tell us what happened what else happened so um from there they basically it, it was like just a standoff like yo what the fuck what was going on here and then um they were just they just like clear casting noli out and then okay. you know it was the end of the show all right what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co but um that took us to rampage i actually watched rampage and rampage was really fun this week um and that set up like a, a dark order and uh hung bucks match uh, and did that was the opener. Come out in the t-shirts. They did not come out in the t-shirts uh, because they, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, but so for yeah. those that haven't seen it yet, I think BTE today. Today, yeah, today. today. Like the Young Bucks printed up Hung Bucks t-shirts. It is basically it says Hung Bucks in like the letters are spelt out kind of similar to that old AJ Styles shirt from TNA, where it's like, is that semen? They're spelling out these words. And then, like, also on the shirt are, like, three penises that are hanging low on the shirt. It's like, obviously, these, these aren't real shirts. They're, they're fucking with people. But it's like, why would you even print up three of those? <laughs> what is wrong with y'all, man? <laughs> like, who in their mind's like, you know, they call us home, but let's make, let's make dildo shirts. Like, what the fuck is going on, man? Even as a, even though I know it's a joke, it's still like, bro, I don't even, I can't, I can't send this to the printers and have someone print this up. I can't send this. Who, who did this job? Who did the graphic art for this? Was that, was it, was that Cutler? Who did that? Bro, no idea, bro. Like, a sick person did that. That's who look, did that. Look, I bought a heat press not too long ago. Nobody better ever just try to try to convince me yeah. to put no dick on a yeah, shirt. Like, say, uh, yeah, I am not printing no dick. Like, that's not happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so we opened up. Uh, I, think the the I think that's a good policy. I think that's good policy. Yeah. I'm not printing nobody parts whatsoever. All body parts banned. Um, 
So this was uh, Page and the Bucks against Uno, Silver, and Reynolds. Uh, awesome match, trios match here. Uh, Evil Uno ended up getting the pin after some interference from Claudio Castagnoli and Kondosuke Takesha on Hangman Page. So Dark Order has finally collected something uh, on someone uh, here, and he pinned Hangman. Uh, Did they celebrate and- like they won a championship? I think I think Uno just had this kind of bewildered look, like I did it, oh. like I pinned him, but it what, was and what, he, and he, he gave him the low blow too. Rich. So like the Dark Order, you know, have turned uh, what, officially. What if they had cried like Sean and Hunter after they beat Undertaker in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Do you remember that shit? I did not watch that match. Oh my god, bro! They did the Triple H Undertaker match at uh, whatever one of them Saudi Arabia shows, and you know. Kane was at ringside. Sean was at ringside. Sean, like, Kane is based like an NPC while Sean is making plays for, for, for Triple H all throughout the whole match. And then, uh, and then Sean and uh, Triple H finally uh, pinned Sean and they celebrated as if, like, they had broke the streak, even though, like, that they one that was a WrestleMania it? and the streak was, don't exist no more. And, bro, they got in that ring and they fucking cried at the end. And, like, it was, it was it, bro, it was fucking hilarious, unintentionally hilarious, but, like, yeah, man, like that's how they should finally got him. We finally got him. We finally got him. We finally got him. Not WrestleMania streak no longer exists, but we finally <laughs> broke the streak. That's how they. That's how they celebrated <laughs> that shit. This, look, we were look last year or actually this year after uh, <laughs> Triple H did not win Booker of the Year. Meltzer went on there and complained to, to try to like chastise his own view of uh, uh, readership for not voting him in. He was booking as he was doing this. <laughs> Triple H was booking NXT while crying over winning some shit that he didn't actually win. Yeah, anyway. Incredible. Yeah, uh, look. Um, Dark Order, I don't know what, I don't know how they're going to handle the rest of this with Hangman. Um, but, like, I do like this story of, like, Hangman is flawed and he's or he's a baby face that's flawed and he's actually like addressing or having to face his actual flaws. Right. Like I, I enjoy this kind of thoughtfulness compared to like some of the other stuff that's going on with some of these baby faces. So like, yeah, this is interesting story, interesting story. And quite frankly, I don't necessarily think that, uh, the, not the new day, uh, that, uh, dark order is, should be justified to feel this kind of way. But they do, and it's believable that they feel this way, so it works. Even though I think they're being ridiculous about it, because it's like, we were your friends, and you started, and we were helping you fight these guys, and now you're friends with them. It's like, well, you're being the friends that like are cautious for your friend, and you don't want them to be, you know, friends with people that are taking advantage of your friend. But now it's like, they, he's clearly chosen he wants to do this, and now, like, you don't fight that person in real life, you kind of just like, well, they're kind of bugging or they made bad decisions. And like, that's kind of on them to get themselves out of the hole they're in. Mm-hmm. Now they're acting like jilted lovers and it's believable, but like, that's not how most people handle those situations. So like it's played up for wrestling, but I-, I enjoy it. I've enjoyed it. And like, I don't know what they can get out of this to like, to really hurt him, to make him feel how they feel as far as getting even, but we'll see whatever they come up with. This is a good yeah. first step. Yeah, and you know every match that they've pretty much ever done, like they're always good. So, right. Um, yeah, a lot of crying about the Dark Order I saw. So don't really get that. What, um, what were the complaints that you saw? People just don't want to see them. 
they like they don't they don't care about these guys. They they don't matter. They don't they just don't want to see them. And I'm like, all right, yeah. Like I I know where a lot of these complaints are coming from, and you know the the parties that are that are doing these these complaints. So it kind of falls on deaf ears for me. Like okay. there, there's no real reason that. To, to not want to see the Dark Order, like I, you know, do you not like how Evil Uno looks? Newsflash, he's looked like that for a couple years now. Uh, we know Silver and Reynolds are an awesome tag team, right? Uh, and we know these guys got a lot of history with each other, right? And not just like uh, I thought. They, yeah, I thought they, uh, is this from the same people that claim they like stories or no? Mm, interesting. Interesting. Tell me what I'm telling lies. Oh, um, <laughs> 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 um, had to steal it. Um, this shit's so good. Can he be lying his ass off? Oh, <laughs> um, so we got uh Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett against Garcia and Guevara in a blind eliminator tournament. Ooh, um, yeah, this this was uh, a, a quick job for um, uh, Garcia and Guevara winning on this Who one, took the and pin? Uh, I believe Matt Hardy took the pin, and then they stopped him out. Hardy, you knew Matt Hardy was taking that pin for he even saw the match. I didn't see the match. I, I, I didn't even see the match, but you saw me. You already knew where I was going with this. Like, yeah. I, I, gee, I wonder who took the pin here. It's it not him out, and um, you know, we move on. We move from there. Um, the Carl Sheeta fought Marina Shafir. They did not play Marina Shafir's entrance. I was pissed about that. Mm. Um, but Carl Sheeta, I do have the Sheeta shirt on. Uh, James got for me from Japan. Appreciate that. Um, first time I put it on. Um, but uh, you know she got the she got the W over Marina here. This was decent. Um, and it, then the main event though, surprise to everyone. Uh, I think we look at all four guys in this shouldn't really be a surprise. I was just seeing this on paper. It's Big Bill and Brian Cage against Trent Breda and Matt Seidel. And mm. This was fucking awesome. Uh, wow. The Big Bill okay. and Brian Cage team. They will be facing MJF and Adam Cole next week, and that's going to be absolutely hilarious for multitudes of reasons. Um, they had this move where Brian Cage picks him up for a, a regular power bomb, and then Bill comes over the top with a big ass lariat as the power bomb is going down. So, so it's, a, it's a demolition device, except like stationary. We don't except leave for, our except feet. Bill jumps off. Right, right. That's funny. Yeah. So bro. it's like it's basically, so it's like a demolition device. It's a heart attack. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Beretta and Sidal were awesome in there going around for these guys. Of course, Cajun Sidal have the that old connection from Impact Wrestling. Um, Bill's slowly kind of getting over. He's always had like a lot of physical charisma. Uh, I think he's putting it all together. Um, okay. Trent was Trent. I, I, I was, you know, I was, I was waiting for you to unleash the 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 psycho sig appearance so I could be like, oh, stop! This oh, shit. they already doing it in, in the comments for me. I ain't even got doing no more. I oh my god, one, baby! Hey man, <laughs> Doctor Larry, that one, baby. Doctor Larry got to log off today. He on my damn nerves today, man. <laughs> <laughs> he on my damn nerves. <laughs> like Saber so Junior is rampage. Trent, we shouldn't be surprised. Indeed. So yeah, yeah. yeah Trent, like I was saying, Trent, this, this is a pretty good one. Uh, just, just kind of to, to be the last, and they put this on last or whatever. And it's on Friday night, the sicko show. This was, this was, uh, this is worth it. Uh, okay. I, I, so I, I would say if you if you got a couple minutes, check out Bill and Cage against Beretta and Sidel. Um, after that, um, I ended up watching today. Uh, I watched Collision. Uh, this was the third, s- second time I watched Collision. 
Oh, I thought you meant number of episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this was, yeah, this was the was this the fourth or third episode? This is the fourth episode. Fourth episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to watch it, but uh, yeah. Uh, I will take you guys through in a second. I'm pulling up my notes. <laughs> Juicy J showed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. Like they, they want to keep calling them the, what the Bang Bang Gang. Uh, the Bang Bang Gang. Somebody needs to. Um, and this is my call to the creators. I know we got some video editors that that frequent the One Nation Radio um, community. Uh, I need y'all to put together. The John Witherspoon on the Wins Brothers. Oh my God! Bang, when bang, my love bang, goes bang, 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 I need y'all to put that song see, over the 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 Bang Bang Gang, the Juice White or Jay White, Juice Robinson, Billy Gunn Sons. The, I need y'all to, to mix that up however you want. All right, love goes so, bang, look, that's free Twitter retweets. That's an idea right there. All that's right, shit, so, that, that's two hundred uh, retweets off rip. All right, a yeah, but if you put, likes. yeah, but if you put together, you got to be black. You can't be a white person putting that together. You, yeah, it's, it's just, anyway, um, so Zekumaki, where you at? So Black Saber Junior, Dream Sooner, where y'all at? Oh, so thick. So for weeks now, I have thought to myself, am I gonna have to do it? Am I gonna set up a call? Am I gonna have to tweet out to somebody and look like a, look like a dork and be like, hey, can I get somebody like put together like a Tam Nakano music video to to to, uh, to Kodak spin? You know, stepping and sliding and walking no bitches and staying no bitches. Like, I, I just wanted to see that. You know, she's a champion. She, you know, she's standing on business. But, but you just say, hey, hey can you put together pops? Without this move, pop, pay, pay, pay with the pay, pay, gang. Yes. I so thought now, about that so earlier now, today. I, I even feel bad about asking now. Yeah. Somebody, somebody that listened to the show, somebody make me a, a Tam McConnell, uh, uh, Kodak Black spin, uh, MV. Appreciate it. Yo. Yeah. If you want to send out a ridiculous request, I can get mine. I can get, I can get yes. mine. I can get mine off. Yeah. Oh, also, so gotta, I want I want a Utami Hayashista uh, Saint John Roses remix with a uh, with a uh, with Future. I want that one too. Yeah. Look, I told y'all. I, I saw Utami walking around. She brought the roses to America, <laughs> right? Here we I'm go. I'm sitting in the front row. Utami hand me the rose. I ain't gonna know how to act. Let y'all know right now. Um, <laughs> you act like you act like Jonathan Ogden at that Janet Jackson concert. <laughs> you see Janet Jackson lose your mind. <laughs> um, oh, oh man! So collision. Um, we we got the quote. I, I think there were less quote unquote collisionisms. I'm I'm gonna uh, dub a name here. Okay. Um, than maybe in previous weeks, but okay. uh, I think there was some shuffling going on. Of course, um, there was no Willow and Athena uh, because Willow was injured um, and wasn't cleared, so they pushed that back to Rampage next Friday. Um, so they had to shuffle that out. They gave us a Julia Hart match, and they gave us a Scorpio Sky match just out of nowhere. So um, they opened the cold open. They were had all the semifinals guys got about 10 seconds and then punk said he's going to talk right now. Then he comes down, uh, while, while the, uh, Elton John, I think is playing over the speakers, but I think they're playing close personality in the building comes in, uh, CM Punk, you know, uh, went, came out, he was ringside. Uh, he got cheered pretty much all night. Uh, he said he got 
a lot of history with Joe and that that match makes their match feel like the finals, but it isn't. He can't overlook Hobbs or Starks. Punk says he's got scars because of Chip and Chip T because of Samoa Joe. But history is going to be made tonight in the name of Owen Hart. He said if it wasn't Owen Hart, most of the locker room wouldn't be here today. Even though he's a hockey guy, he's not superstitious. He said he'll touch the trophy. He says he's going to earn it. Uh, he said he can't promise a victory, but he's going to promise to give everything he has for the fans and for Owen. This was just like classic fire him up, baby face promo, like nothing like, you know, not winking at the camera for anything. Um, That's good. Then and we got, also, and it's also like he's kind of saying like, "Hey, I'm finna get my ass handed to me, and I'm gonna sell my ass off throughout this match." Right? That's also giving you that too. Like, was it a Flair Vader? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that I want to say that took a, a little bit, and then they immediately roll into a video package. I was like, "Oh," <laughs> and then Kevin Kelly was like, "Yeah." Um, they threw the video package for Samojo and. Uh, CM Punk's history in their trilogy in Ring of Honor. Uh, Joe said there's never been a day in Punk's life where he was better than him. Um, <laughs> and Punk line. said he, he's going to beat Joe for the first time. Uh, I, I've i never watched the Punk Samoa Joe series. It was Same. during a time. Wasn't watching wrestling. You're not yeah. giving me to go back and watch all that for Ring of Honor. It, look, I, I missed it. I'm sorry. I heard they were great. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Like maybe another pandemic can happen, and I can discover it when there's nothing to do. But you, you um, saying this shit is you looking forward to the pandemic? I mean, you know. I mean, what the answer should be like? No. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> but but I'm saying like 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 you know, in the event that another one does happen to occur, maybe I'll I'll realize it's, it's deep on the just, list. It's deep on the list of shit you plan on getting to. I'll, I'll discover you know the the always much in the way I discovered uh, all Japan pro wrestling. Like, okay. Uh, so we started uh, after that. It went to commercial. Uh, all right, Hobbs entrance. Uh, you know they shoot him from behind. His shoulders look huge. And all that, um, and we get Starks versus Hobbs in this go? match. Okay, um, this was not good. Um, uh-huh. This was they had just kind of a classic big small match. You know, they weren't really coming out there to to rewrite the or to to re um, what the word what is the word I'm looking for reinvent the wheel. Okay. Like they weren't trying to do that at all. Uh, this is just a classic big man small man match. They did have they didn't really do much athletic. The one athletic spot they really tried, uh, they got fucked up with uh heart, like he was going for uh, Ricky was going for a tornado DDT. His foot got or feet got caught up inside the ropes. So um there were it was like a stumble on that part. Um but they the, the announcers recovered it well because they had been talking about, you know, how strong Hobbs is pretty much the whole match and he was like oh there's that strength you know they were talking about so i thought the announcers actually did a good job uh kind of covering for him on that but i mean we know what we saw um and i was watching this um and, and from there uh it breaks down to an angle where Hobbs basically has starks dead to rights but qt um is jumping on the apron uh basically telling the referee to turn around to, to pin to, to count the pin uh after he had been getting involved you know grabbing the foot okay and all that stuff. And then Hobbs jumps up and says, Hey man, sit your ass down essentially. And then, uh, Ricky drop kicks him in the back runs, uh, Hobbs into QT. Um, from there, 
Um, no, no, it doesn't schoolboy oh, him. Okay. Thank God. But um, he ducks under a clothesline, gave him the spear, beats him one, two, three. Um, and then Ricky wins. And I saw this match. I was like, I, I remember liking their tag team. Maybe they should have stuck to that. Like when, when I saw this, I was like, I, you know, I was like, everyone's clamor for Hobbs to get the big push like that. Okay. People have definitely clamored for Ricky Starks to give a big push like that, and he's going in the finals now. So you're getting it again. He's getting another chance here. Uh, but through – I didn't see the Juice Robinson match, but I also didn't hear anyone talking about it. And then I saw this one, and I was like, this ain't the most – look, he ain't going through the 2000s West, like, in style. Like, this is not that. Like, you know, this is – you know, it's kind of just just limping along to the finals here. That's that's kind of what it feels like. Um, so, do I don't know. To, do we need to just readjust our expectations on like the AEW is not going to do a New Japan Cup level of quality in their? Well, I can't even say that because they did that because last year there were like that Ray Phoenix and uh, like like I'm sorry, Kyle O'Reilly was fucking awesome in the tournament last year. Yes, there is nobody that's awesome like that this year. Yes, and this has been a huge problem that I had for, with this tournament yeah. kind of from day one. I was like, all right, there's no junior heavyweights. There's no, like, luchadors. There's no, like, you know, like... Hybrid, hybrid wrestlers. Hybrid guys. Like, there's yeah, no, is there, like, like... Is there a Buddy Matthews around? Right, like, so, like, let's look at this tournament. I'm going to go through it again. CM Punk versus Satoshi Kojima. Right. Two old guys. Right. And, and, they, know, had a, and they had a fun fine. match. And they were fine or whatever. The match was fine. But, like, as far as we're talking about excitement, mm-hmm. not not there, right? Roger Strong, Samoa Joe. Roger Strong's awesome. If you were going to turn this whole thing into the Roger Strong showcase and all that, I think Roger Strong probably could have, like, satisfied the uh, the itch that I had yeah. for one to see great matches. Right, right. However, they scripted him to get bulldozed in the first round and, and put on a stretcher. Mm-hmm. So he's out of here. Samoa Joe, he's what Samoa Joe is in his mid-40s at this point. Maybe he can give you something with the small guys and all that, but mm-hmm. he's you don't expect Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's kind of found money at this point. Yeah, he's a luxury. Dustin and Hobbs, they're not going, they weren't going to come out there and try to break the scale or anything. Right. Do you watch that match? No. It was good. It was good. Um, Dustin, uh, Dustin again busted open or not busted open, but like he ended up, uh, he went into a post or whatever else and, and get in blade and then like got the crowd behind him. Like that was a good match. It was a quality. It was a good match. It wasn't like then, some then, great thing. It was like some four star match, but it was a good match. Then, then Ricky and juice. I'm like, all right, these aren't guys like renowned for like how good their matches are, how great their matches are. Like these right. are just solid guys. Like, and I'm like, like, all right. Like I was, I, I, I look. I'm I'm done with Juice Robinson in tournament wrestling. <laughs> I've had enough. Yeah, I've had my feel. I'm okay if I never see another tournament match, uh, tournament wrestling match from Juice Robinson ever again. So when when I run down everybody from the tournament, I'm like, where's the exciting? Like, wh- who are the exciting people in this? Mm-hmm. Like. Wh- which one of them at all resembles the way Owen Hart wrestled? Good question. So, and I think this thing being confined to collision kind of like lowered my interest in it. Mm-hmm. Then, 
all the guys like it was like fuck we couldn't get get Ray Phoenix in this thing fuck we couldn't get Pack in this tournament fuck we couldn't get Buddy Matthews in this tournament right fuck we couldn't get Kenny in this tournament obviously because CM Punk's in the tournament so we're not gonna do we that we couldn't get Andrade in the tournament even though he was in the on the fucking first two episodes of the show yeah and it's just like all right Scorpio Sky was right there they obviously had no idea for him I'm gonna talk about that in a couple minutes like you could have put Scorpio Sky in there it, you know. Yeah. I I don't know. Like it it, it was just a very kind of underwhelming like oh and then like you know we'll we'll get to it later but but it's Punk versus Starks in the final and I'm like what am I expecting out of that? Oh, you know what to expect out of that? GTS. I hope everybody oh, can can I just squash this this fantasy land that people are living in that thinking that are thinking like CM Punk's about to put somebody over here? Can, can I squash that? Like, what do y'all think is happening right now? CM Punk, his first week back, cut a promo alluding to wrestling the the AEW World Champion. That dude's not about to lose a month in, <laughs> or just like five weeks in. Like they, these people thought he was going to lose a Samoa Joe. They thought he was going to he's going to lose to Ricky Starks or turn heel against Ricky Starks. Like the only uh... reason to, the only reason to do the Joe match is to give is to get CM Punk the W. Look. And just like fu- as a commenter saying, Ricky Stars is going to get to shake CM Punk's hand. Look, and I don't know what that's going to do for him because ask Darby Allen how that worked out for him. Rich, um, Rich, we already know how that's going to go because we saw them in a in a Quattro's match with FTR, where neither in, or in neither CM Punk nor 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 should he have. But like with with Dax and Cash in there, the person that took the pin was Ricky. If you can't get Dax to take the pin or, or Cash to take the pin, it has to be Ricky. What makes you think that CM Punk is going to lose to Ricky? Like, I mean, I don't even, the, and I'm not, and I'm not saying this like some, scenario. Rich, look, I'm not even scenario. saying this. I'm not even saying this on some like CM Punk is like is like you know is is WCW Hogan. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like Neither that's just fucking I. common sense. What, what, what I'm thinking, I think it's these. Um, very vocal CM Punk fans who want to kind of take the the dial off of him. Like, oh yeah, he's gonna do a job. Don't worry about it. No, this isn't that's not that's that's fantasy land. That's make believe. He will do jobs, but it's gonna be the top guys. We yeah, ain't talking like, about the like, top guys here. Like it, this tournament's exactly what Dave said. Like the 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 hero promo he did here, they're they're gonna try to roll him out next to Martha Hart. In Calgary and all that, like you think he's about to turn heel in the finals? Like, doesn't that sound dumb? Yeah. And if they do that, wouldn't that be dumb? Exactly. The only person that can win if they turn heel is Ricky. And I don't know. I don't see that happening. So, um, after that, Miro talk about um guys that I think. I think I've seen enough of at this point. Miro um, is in the closet once again. Uh, weird red lighting on him. Said he's ready to fight everybody. No one's going to force him off his path. There's a battle coming and one that we were all been waiting for. I don't know what you're talking about, but, um, you know, Miro, th- the yelling at God thing in the squashes. And I was like, first week I heard, I was like, oh, he's doing squashes. That just made me think, oh, there's no idea here. It's just the same thing. And then I thought again, I was like, well, maybe 
I, I was having a conversation with, with with a gentleman named Connor. He was like, "Yeah, the best um runs of Miro's career have been him having a mid card title for a long time, dropping it, and then disappearing." And I'm like, "Maybe it's unfair to ask him to do anything else. Like, may, maybe it's unfair because I'm like, I like I've heard people clamor for months. To, we want Miro back. We're ready for Miro to come back. We want all this." And I'm like. Y'all want this guy to beat Orange Cassidy to still do the same thing, to still do the God thing? I, I just don't believe y'all are that excited about this. I I, I don't know. Maybe they are. I enjoy the mural stuff. And I, as you mentioned, like as a, as a heel champion that beats up smaller dudes, I think I, he's always been entertaining doing that. He's always been. Um, so... Like in that role, he's done well with it in WWE as US champion, and also when he was the TNT champion. Um, I mean, I did enjoy. Well, that's a part of it of the same run, but it's like I did enjoy like the the Kingston stuff or whatever else. Like he can do programs with this. Like I mean, in hell, even with you know someone like Swagger when he did the whole you know heavily to the USA thing. Like there was real stuff there as far as like oh, this is a program that's interesting. I just. There's, it seems like, as you mentioned, like there was no real plan. He just like his idea. The thing is like, it felt like they wanted to have him doing programs and it was like, what do you want to do? Well, we want you to do some losses. And he was like, I'll go home until you let me go back and do what I want to do. And he's back now. So, but like, it can't just be just squashes. And even though I enjoy the squashes, it can't just be that because like other people need to be on the show to get a squash here or there too. He can't just be the squash guy. Like he's not the Royal yep. Warriors. <laughs> if he was Royal uh, Warriors, go ahead because you're, you're helping draw like crazy. But it's not. It's not that. It's not. It's, he's not that kind of difference maker. Even though I like him. Right. Right. Um. So after that, we have Willow uh, and Athena backstage, kind of promo on each other, basically setting up Friday match. Uh, Willow said if she wins, she wants an ROH Women's Title match. Of course, these guys had a match on uh, the second week of ROH. They got some acclaim, uh, and that kind of really kickstarted uh, the the Willow kind of mini push that's gone on the last couple months. Everywhere uh, outside of AEW. Yeah. Yeah, I was having a conversation with Josh the other day, and then I was venting my frustration about um, kind of like the, the whole outcast storyline and how that's like kind of going nowhere. Um, they don't, you know, Jamie Hayter's gone. I'm like, the fucking answer is sitting right in front of you. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm not un- overly enamored with, you know, Tony Storm right now, but I- I'm like, all right, man, like, can you, and it just comes down to dedicating time to, to, to doing it. And they're yeah. just not interested in doing that. So, uh, yeah. a futile battle. So, yep. I mean, I mean, we've been talking about it since 2019. So on that note, uh, we, you know, since that match got pulled between Athena and, um, Will Nightingale, we got Julia Hart doing a squash, uh, in it's his a place. Disco. So nothing match. Who did she wrestle Russell, a young lady named Bambi Hall. Okay. Never seen her before. Okay. Um, Julia does a chop block, locked in a uh, Rings of Saturn style submission. Just there. Um, then we got Malachi Black 
uh, cutting a promo, um, basically said uh, Andrade didn't become who he was until he lost his mask. Uh, Andrade said, or Black said that Andrade holds onto your mask like a child holding onto a teddy bear. He wants to show, he wants Andrade to show the world how great he truly is. Uh, there was like 75% of this promo I thought was awesome. And then at the end, it just went somewhere else. I'm uh, like, all right, 75% was cool. That's that's a, more than enough for me from Malachi Black, especially cutting a promo. So I, don't, I normally I don't be knowing what the fuck he's talking about. He'd be, you know, somewhere else with it. Did they like eventually like announce that they're going to have a match? Like on commentary or anything, like later in the show, or they did not. But immediately, Andrade was backstage with uh, Lexi Nair, and Andrade, like you know, answered his promo. He's like, you know, and she asked him what his mask meant to him. He said he's not a coward like Black. The mask represents himself, his family, his culture, his people. When the mask is on, it's time for business. When he takes it off, it's time to fight. Okay. Then after that, we got an AW World Tag Team Title Eliminator match: Jay White and Juice Robinson taking on FTR. This was awesome. This was like, hey, man, um, FTR, if you want to wrestle like this all the time, I think people will be more into you than they have been. Like, if they're coming out here to level that they've been working at the previous six months, people are like, what has happened to this division? But I think this match was was awesome. As Black Sabre Jr. said, first good FTR match since the Dome. Um Wow. Uh, is that true? Like, what did they do at um at um the ROH pay per view? I don't think Ready they were on it. it. Okay, I don't think they were on it. Okay, I mean, um, I mean, look, people have different mileage. The mileage varied on like the first two episodes of Dynamite for people. Like, you know, I thought the second match was uh was a lot better um than the first one was. But at the same time, like I think the thing that people was most were most impressed with on like the second one was like Jay White. So, you know, whatever. he looked great in this match too. Okay, um, and the I think the the thing with uh, FTR, I think Dax had been working injured, like and just didn't tell anybody or anything, and like he looked like he was really struggling to get around the ring, okay. especially in that match against Jeff Jarrett, that singles match. Um, I forgot that. And, er, and, and a couple other matches. He looked like he just couldn't move back and forth, especially mm. compared to the way that he did in the Dome. So, like, I will go to my grave thinking there was an injury that occurred during mm. this time because, like, there's no way. Like, it's like, all right, no one's no – one We've seen him be too contract. good for too long regardless of how we feel about him being, you know, over the top. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And it's like, nah, like this ain't right. Like, like no one gets washed up in four months. Like, no. <laughs> without going, without so, having some significant injury that, yes. that we know about. Yeah. yeah. I get yeah. you. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed this match. I think it went a tad too long and the finish was a little like, oh, oh, that was the finish. But I think it was, uh, it was a really good match. Like, and okay. I, I would say go out of your way to see this if you haven't seen it. Um, Jay White was awesome in this match, and it was like uh, one thing I liked about FTR Briscoe's one where it just seemed like they were just beating the fuck out of each other. Mm-hmm. Jay White and FTR, both of them, those three were taking turns like beating the shit out of each oh, other. I imagine and just, Jay and I mean, I imagine Jay and Dax just had a chop off. Yeah, yeah. Um, lots of um, 
near falls like um and like just kind of change direction stuff a lot of stuff ftr was good at when they were in nxt kind of mm-hmm. um happened in this match uh but this ended up uh with uh there was a really good near fall with the ftr spike pile driver um and then they uh robinson hit the face buster uh for the win um and i believe he pinned cash and um yeah so i like this match and then immediately they book a rematch like they face off in the back like they're cutting a promo with dax and uh cash and then um jay white and them walk up or juice pin dax sorry um they were like, yo, let's do it again, and it's time for for the belts. And basically, the step for the match was if the Bam Bam Gang didn't win, they could never challenge FTR for the belts. So they won, and then they're doing Battle of the Belts next week after Collision, and they are doing a two out of three falls tag team match. I think it's a lot right now. Like, they're coming back the following week with a two out of three falls match. And it's it like... Now, guys, and that's going to not be the fourth time they've had a match between each other. Yeah, it, it's... Yes. It's, Hey, yes, like you know who else does a lot of you know who else does a lot of different versions of rematches between similar parties, like week who? after week after week, the E brother. Yep, um, and we got the eight man tag, six man tag, tag match this week that went twenty eight minutes just, just randomly on a, on an episode. This got way more time than like uh, just a regular match on Dynamite would get. Like mm-hmm. they just like. I, I, it feels like they just drop like whatever the like if there's eight segments like on dynamite they just do seven on collision like okay. <laughs> and then just extend them or something yeah. like I, I think there was also you noted that like it could could have been like the makeup for like whatever happened to the one match the yeah yeah it, it could have been that too but um I, I think that may have got split between julia and then scorpio but okay. i don't know um maybe the format changed um but they were like kind of what seemed to be like in the middle of the show like through like the crossover and maybe towards like the bottom of the hour or whatever but um i think these guys like you know if you're going 28 minutes i don't think there's any real logical reason to do a two out of three falls match the following week they should have been like all right in three weeks they could have maybe even got some singles matches out of this maybe if you're gonna look since since they're already going this route, do Jay White and Dax, do Cash and fucking Juice, and then do your fucking two out of three falls match. It's like, I'm like, what are they going to do in the two out of three falls match that we didn't see in this match? Because this match was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, this match is awesome, but they, like, threw... They didn't save anything, it looked like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, except okay. FTR winning. Like, that's that's what was saved. So... You know, thinking about recent two out of three falls matches, let's go back to FTR themselves. Um, they didn't come back and wrestle the Briscoes the next week in a two out of three falls match. Right. They waited a couple months. Yeah. Kata and Omega, they waited six months for a, a two out of three falls match. Um, those are like, I don't know if it's like they went a long time. Maybe that's how they feel this is earned, but I don't think it's smart necessarily. I I I'm okay with it if the match was good anyway. Um, mm-hmm. or, and, I, and I've liked you know you said this is the best match of of the three they've done in that collection of matches they've had. So and I've liked the I like the first two anyway. So like I'm okay with it because the matches are good. Um, but I do see your point. I definitely see your point. It's like hey, this is a lot a, a lot 
real soon is like how are you handling this as a pro as a program like are you really trying to like do like five match or four matches in five weeks or whatever um, yeah yes yeah, it, it is it, a lot yeah it's a lot um they announced lucius swords versus sean spears for the tnt belt at battle of the belts who versus who Sean Spears versus Lucha Soros. Hey man, like, why do I feel like after the first be- uh, battle of the belts, it's been apparent that like there's no need to watch any of these. You are not wrong. Like I, well, actually, this one they're putting that tag match on, so that might be something that, worth I mean, checking out. Them putting it, that, that's true, but like, when was the last time there was a match you like? Was, was is Claudio Takeshita the last like one you gave a fuck about? Are you supposed to probably, probably. Yeah, yeah. That was like a year ago, wasn't it? <laughs> um. Then after that, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um. We get Scorpio Sky comes out. Um. And he's facing Action Edge. Ready. Scorpio Sky comes out. It's like a church in there. No real reaction. He does get a chant going for him at one point in the match, but most of the match is just like pretty quiet or whatever. Um, I thought this was actually a solid match. I, I like this match more than uh, Ricky versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, uh, and well, but as far as like a, both of them are better wrestlers than Ricky and. and Hobbs. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think that would be an unpopular opinion though. Like when 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 looking at these guys because you know Scorpio Sky he gets it for quote unquote being boring. People don't like Ashton Andretti you know because what? of uh, boring, whatever reason. Boring, whatever. They cannot work Scorpio Sky. Correct. Like, Correct. Like, like <laughs> um, whatever. So, whatever. I, I, so yeah, I saw Scorpio come out, and I was thinking back to the vignette thing, and we was talking about, you know, we're going to see the real Scorpio Sky, mm-hmm. and he did the finger snap thing, right? and I think he cut another promo a different week. It did not feel like this was a baby face. That would you have thought that was setting up a babyface, James? No, when, I remember when he did it. I was like, he's coming back and he's going to be the same or uh, roughly a same the uh, bad guy that he kind of was before he left. And I was like, well, that, I thought that was a bad idea. Well, I got news for you, James. Uh, he's a babyface. It seems like so. <laughs> he came out regular entrance, works a babyface match against another babyface in Action Andretti, and then beats him, shakes his hand. Walks his ass to the back. I'm like, so maybe this was like one this, of those. This couldn't have been the rollout. Rich, Rich, another one. Who else has people like cut interviews and promos and then coming back in this one direction and they swerve them and they're actually the opposite. The E. Remember, Man. I'm not. I'm not saying this is the same thing. I'm not. I'm just pointing out that this has happened before, as a, as a precedent. Do you remember when they were cutting um them promos with with uh with with um what's his name? Oh my god. Uh Brodus Brodus Clay is he's gonna be the this destroyer of worlds and all that kind of shit. Yes. And that man showed up and he was in the tracksuit and he was dancing and all that shit and he was smiling and all that. I'm not saying the same thing, I'm just saying this pressing of like shoot something of somebody debuting or returning and they're in one direction as a good guy or a bad guy, and then they show up and they're the opposite. The E it, brother. It, and, and like, it wasn't like there was anything real. It was like he just came out, he just wrestled a match, and then he shook a guy's hand, walked to the back. There was no, 
oh, this is an instrument out of Scorpio Sky. Like, it, it, there was nothing to, like, kind of frame him as important right. or anything. I'm like, between Miro being gone for a year and then Sky being gone for a year, it's like, these guys came back and it's like, they blew these returns like this. Maybe they're doing the thing where like they had them what are come they in, do with have them under Rosa. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're doing the thing. Maybe they're in both situations or one of the situations. They're doing the thing like they get them back, let them do the thing that you're you remind you remember them for, and then after that, then you get to the to the character direction or change a program or whatever else. Um, I, I'm still willing to to buy that that could be the case but um yeah like it can't be going on too long like in the case of Miro has been now it's been three squashes right or two or three squashes can't remember but mm-hmm. like that's when it's like all right now let's get to it Scorpio there's still some time this is the first time back like in front of people in front of the people anyway yep so they, they give us the dynamite rundown, so I'll just mention that. We got OC and Darby against Garcia and Guevara. That's going to be awesome. Um, we've got MJF and Cole against Bill and Cage. Commander versus Chris Jericho. Uh, we've got Ruby <laughs> Soho. Rich, I'm going to stop you Blue. right now. I got to stop you right now. This man is going to come off that fucking turnbuckle or, or off that fucking top rope. And that man is going to catch a goddamn Judas effect. Am I wrong? Bro. He's he like he can either do the fucking the rope walk and do the jump to the outside of the ring and catch it, but or either one you know or catch look, him into the, the walls of Jericho whatever is happening though he's Chris Jericho, Jericho versus gonna Mez- all, he's gonna get that man in an anti an anti air uh counter that's definitely happening Chris Jericho against Mexicans has worked my entire life so <laughs> add commander to the list. Oh, uh, what's wrong with you, man? Ruby versus Sky Blue in the <laughs> women's own heart uh, joint, and then Nick Wayne and Swerve. So that's gonna be awesome. Um, and then also both uh, fifth members for each team. Um, Bring them out. Then we got the semifinals. We got CM Punk versus Samoa Joe in the main event. Um, this was okay. This wasn't. I mean. I heard the legend about the Punk versus Samoa Joe series. I don't know how realistic it is to expect that in 2023. Right. Um, I, I I hate to be a reality check for for some people who were expecting this and just so fired up for this. And I hate to be a killjoy or anything, but um, yeah, I thought I thought this was okay. Um, I think that these are just older guys at this point, and, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And you know. They um, ended up with kind of a shock finish uh, where, where CM Punk kind of rolled them up in a victory roll. Um, and oh, so, so from, Punk didn't get them up on the shoulders and hit them with the GTS? They did not do each, the finishers to each other. So mm. uh, there was no mm. muscle buster. There was no GTS. So I, people I, were theorizing I think, I think, that. I think a muscle buster could have happened. I don't think a GTS would have, though. <laughs> that, that's kind of what I'm getting at at this stage in the game for both of them. There was an anti-air, of course, from Joe where he walked away and let CM Punk fall on his face. <laughs> oh, that's, you got to be careful with that with CM Punk. You know, CM Punk, when he dies. He might not oh, get back up, when, you know? <laughs> I mean, he's he looks so uncoordinated, uncomfortable in the air as he jumps off the rope anyway. Let, let him just yeah. take a bump, you know, like normal. Yeah. I'd be careful. Um, 
so yeah like i you know this this was it was it was fine you know it it, it wasn't like you know you know it wasn't, it wasn't great or anything but um it was it was serviceable i thought um there was a pretty cool snap power slam from joe um and joe actually did a cross face in this match uh, so of course being canada you know one of those well um, was it when he's doing all the transitions when someone when uh punk was trying to get to the road because you know he does transition yeah, to the cross yeah yeah that wasn't see that wasn't like this the osprey like actually trying to actually reference dude is like that's just some shit that joe does so yeah. that's that's a little different so um from there like it basically um he was gonna do the go to sleep but that got avoided punk got put in the coquina clutch but rolled out of it and then rolled them up victory roll style and then um after the match um joe and punk stared each other down crowd was chanting for owen hart joe offered a handshake punk was like mm, i don't know but he took the handshake and then Samoa Joe snatched that nigga in like Scorpion and then put him in the Coquina Clutch, passed him out or whatever, and basically was yelling that Punk's never better than me. You were never better than me. Joe went to grab a chair, then FTR jogged out to stop him. And then they brought you know, Ricky Starks out. like jogged out. Did they actually jog out? Yeah. Yeah, they jogged out. They came out there uh, to basically stop him. Then they brought Ricky Starks oh. out there like a sad child after the real angle was done. I was like, oh, don't forget, this is the finals next week. This lame duck motherfucker that y'all saw in the, in the opening match that only won because of a referee distraction is fighting this guy who just got fucking choked out Like in the finals, bro. They brought in, like, and, and Ricky came out just, like, just looking, like, defeated. And it was like, I was like, where's the excitement? Where's the... And they were like, maybe perhaps a photo op for, for whatever. I'm like, bro, these guys should have been like... like, They should have kept... like. I, I know they want to set up Joe and Punk to do more or whatever. They should Fine. have had Ricky Starks make the save for... for Correct. That's what should have happened. Correct. But no, we got to get FTR out there with CM Punk. Um, Starks should have did the save. Or they could have just not done the, the angle. They could have no, had... no, no, no. You do the angle. Have Ricky Starks make the save. Have uh, Starks try to help up Punk. Have Punk not really want to accept the help. Like, what's his problem? Find out next week when they have to face each other for the fucking finals. Or that, you that's kind of what they did when Punk came back to help when he saved uh, Mosley. Like you could have had him walk up the, the ramp, and just as he thought he was gonna go, Ricky's music, and then they're face to face at the top of the ramp. That too, they could have did that. Yep, and, and talk some shit. Like we we we've seen a lot of ways to do this, bro. I, I think almost yep. anything would like when I saw I, when I saw Ricky come. You got to see like the visual. It was like almost like you remember. It was like the same feeling to me as like Kaito Kiyomiya and um. And Muto in the end of the match, it was like, you got You should do anything other than what happened. Like, it, it wasn't a similar situation or anything, right, right, but it was right. just like, do something else. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I watched it. Like, you know, on the low, I don't think that this week was that different than like Dynamite. Like for a, uh, you know, just how the show felt and everything. 
you know, largely because, you know, a lot of these guys that were on this show, Ricky Stars, Hobbs, uh, FTR, they've had a lot of time establishing themselves in AEW. So yeah. it's not like there are parts of it where it's the CM Punk produce promotion kind mm-hmm. of, but mm-hmm. I don't think that stood out as much this week. Okay. Uh, we'll see what the rating is. I think that's going to come out tomorrow and all that. But like, I thought it was a, I thought it was an all right show. It's got to like, it be better than it did uh, last week on as far as the rating. Yeah, it's got it to. has to. It has to. Um, like I like my thinking was like, all right, should like the collision numbers should be. I always saw the rule like SmackDown when it was on cable was always like eighty five percent of Raw. Like, why can't Collision be that? That's kind of what what I was thinking. I know some mm. people were thinking that was about to be like, yeah, Collision's the new A show. Like, I don't think that's nah, going. On. It's not. not it's not happening like that. Not a but, chance. But, um, I do. I think eighty five percent of Dynamite is realistic. I, I feel like that's a fair expectation. Uh, but, is it? On a Saturday but, with a young yeah, audience, that Saturday look that Saturday is tough, man. Like and, and it's get, only like, bro, we haven't gone to the like, they, were, they were against a lot of UFC last week. I think it was like Robbie Lawler's retirement match. Um, Rich, they're always going to be up against UFC. They're going to be up, they're gonna be up against UFC like every three weeks. They're going to be up against SummerSlam uh, in like a month from now. Yeah. So, um. And it, I think it just like highlights some of the, the concerns about that roster or, or whatever and how every, either people that have been advertised on this thing have never showed up or these people are slowly starting to disappear to never make their way back. And everything is like wrapped around the Bang Bang Gang and CM Punk and, and Starks. And it's like, all right, how I, I think they need more people on this show and they need more people to like, like if this is just CM Punk and friends, I don't think this show is going to like go far as far as like being something that helps push their television deal forward. It's going to be like, Oh, there's this kind of thing that didn't really pop off the way. Like they need someone else to catch fire besides they, CM Punk. Look, and I don't know, you know what punks what is to, is to be seen uh, like what his, like uh, his standalone power is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so like dynamites these days are doing what, like eight fifty, eight fifty nine hundred, something like eight fifty nine hundred. So I, I did eight fifty and I threw an eighty five percent. Like that, that'd be like seven. It'd be like seven twenty. They're not doing seven twenty every week on Saturdays. This is not. That's not realistic. Like mm-hmm. regardless of whatever hang up the shows or or like um key people that are kind of set kind of like set in place for uh collision if that wasn't there or not this had been i don't think it would do it it's just it's just too much and then like we haven't even gotten to the part where like we start you know in a month from now when like you know college footballs are kicking off like they're gonna get their brains beaten in some points like they're gonna be like they should be realistically trying to get like around six hundred thousand five hundred thousand um but um I feel like they get, I feel like they got to keep the demo above point two zero, and I think they're going to struggle. I, I don't even I don't even think about the demo part. I'm just thinking just the viewership part. But yeah, you're probably right. Um, yeah, I, I I think what is best for both shows after this, once we get past like the stadium shows or whatever else, 
is like, hey, understand you don't you don't want to work with him and they don't want to work with you. Um, I don't care. Like, y'all ain't got to work together, but like y'all have to be able to be on the same shows. You fucking children. You ain't got to work with them, but you got to be able to be in the same buildings, in the same venues, in the same locker rooms. Just don't talk to each other. Like, I, unless there's some type of legal thing that's, that's like, unless CM Punk has a restraining order on Hank, on Adam Page, this shit, this shit, this shit needs to be kind of like, all right, man, we are integrating the marquee players from Dynamite and Rampage. We're sending a couple back and forth once per week to try to freshen up because it's like all the all FTR and CM Punk sh- and bro. shit friends shit's gonna get old real quick, bro. They're, and, and they're blowing through and, shit and rich and seeing and look and. We are now, you know, six months deep into uh, Moxley, Moxley and his friends. Yeah, Moxley and his friends versus Adam Page and his friends. That shit can't go for long either. They're gonna have to. Come, so yeah. all these parties are gonna have to mix some of this shit up for for the sake of both of these shows to be better going forward. So um, whatever shit they got on, I don't care. Like your show's gonna suffer the long term if you don't fix this. So that's on them. Yep. Um, but yeah, um, I, I didn't really have too much else on that. Uh, that, that was all right, you know, and, but like, I, I think watching like three shows in a week would be like, like as they air is a tough, tough ask. Very like, tough. Very and, tough. And I didn't even watch collision live. So like, I right. imagine like I would have been like worn out. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I rampage is never getting watched by me unless it's like, I hear, you know, some great match, and I'll go check it out, right? Um, but I will watch Collision. I gotta, I'm behind uh, this week and uh, last week. I gotta just gotta watch them. But yeah, um, I have enjoyed the two, the first two episodes of this show. So I will continue to watch till I no longer enjoy the show, if that, if when that comes. So uh, yeah, um, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Jim Cornette's a bitch. You talking about the Matt Hardy stuff? Yeah, I, I ain't like I ain't like how you try to play Matt like that. Matt ain't in his prime or nothing like that. But it's like you know, it, you know, like what what have you accomplished to, to, to be talking talking like this? I know you know, like it was and he wasn't even necessarily it was Cornette and Matt let them do their thing or whatever, right? And, and more is Brian last too jumping in. My fault. Brian Lass is a bitch. Um, <laughs> because it's like, bro, like you just, you just, you just on the team. You just with him. Like Matt Hardy's done things in wrestling. Matt Hardy's been popular for a long time. Is he at at the peak of his shit now? No, I don't think. I don't even think Matt Hardy would tell you that. But as far as like for Brian Lass to come out here thinking that. He's this authority because he happens to be sitting next to just one of the most charismatic orders in wrestling history. Um, anybody could be you, Brian Lass. Like this, this is not no, you know, like you are not the special commodity here, sir. Um, and, and just like just, just to disrespect Matt Hardy, pretty much for this was what, what they had going on. It wasn't about you. He didn't say nothing about Brian Last. Like. Let that go, dog. Like, like that, that shit wasn't cool. Like, 
And, and Matt Hardy's not my favorite wrestler or anything. Like, you know, we've, I like Matt we've Hardy. We killed up. him with better parts yeah. the last two years. Yeah, like, but it's like, bro, like, like, is this the precedent now? Like, are, 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 are they just gonna be calling people out like this, like to to really expect them to be answered to? Like, no, like, right. like really, Matt Hardy should be like, who the fuck is you to be asking me any questions? That's what he really should have said. You're the mad, mad. Look, you're the mad host. <laughs> And, and, and this this fucking uh, culture that's going around that that got started by the fucking Matt Coon guy uh, that that was doing them shows with Dax and and inserting themselves and it's like yo you're a little too close to these people in the business right but then you come out here you know trying to just go a little too far and it's like hey man we ain't here for you yeah. Yeah, folks getting out of pocket. Um, yeah, it's happened on this show too, as far as us, you know, saying whatever. But like, I don't think we've ever gone out of our way to antagonize like people by adding them and saying, "Hey, we don't like what you're doing." Right? Like, obviously, this show is for entertainment at times, and we take it overboard or whatever else. But, like, I don't think there's very much that, like, in our 10 year, or no, our 11th year now doing this. We're now in year 11. We're literally in year season 11 doing this. We're like, you can be like, hey, uh, I don't think there's much where it's like, hey, uh, you can show whatever we said to a particular person and, like, they, and they want to pull up on us. I just don't think that's the case. Right? Like, I think the most you get is like, hey, we think this person is not good at what they're, at their profession, but we're like, but hey, that's an opinion. Um, this whole thing about like people's like, um, their, their moral standing in the name of professional wrestling that they're putting out is like, it's, it's obviously ridiculous to begin with, but it's like the back and forth with these people, with adding them, it's like, Bro, you would not say this in Matt Hardy's face. At all. Nah. He's not Matt Hardy's not no small man. Not, not even that. It is like just the face to face, like some of this this is this the keyboard warrior whole thing. It's just like there are yeah. certain things that people say to each other where it's like, you would not say this is person's face. I, I, you just wouldn't. And like people just free to get off whatever. It's like the one dude I want to say, um, where you're asking questions about um like, why are you doing Elton John shit? Which now, like, looking back at it, is like, it's hilarious now. Like, it's oh, all, it's oh, all there. We, and we had, we had our speculation on what that was anyway. The person insulted you as a, as a musical artist because, like, you didn't understand why this, this rest pro wrestling TV program in 2023 is picking a song from 1973. And, like, I was like, I, I, I responded to that person, like, you're an asshole. You would not say this is. You would not say this to Richard to his face. You would not. You would not say this to anyone's uh, face because they because they're questioning why uh, some fifty years ago being chose for for a modern program. No one's doing that. You're just an asshole. So like, yeah, man. Um, I think people should, you know, before they throw up, want to throw out, try to dunk on people, whatever else, should, like think about like, hey, like, would I actually like really say this shit with my chest? Like, would I stand on this? Like, yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe you stand on it and you and you prepare to and you prepare for whatever comes, right? Yeah, maybe. And, uh, yeah, but some, but some the problem is, I don't think they prepared. Right, right. 
like, like I'm sorry. Like, if, if, if Bray Wyatt pulled on me and be like, bro, so, so you think I'm just terrible at pro wrestling? Like, I think you're good at the talking part. I don't like, I think your matches stink. <laughs> but you, but you just asked me this question, though. You just you just asked right. this question. I mean, honestly, like, bro, like you're you're one of the. I have not enjoyed your. You're your, incredibly your, your work. you're incredibly compelling talker. I honestly think that a lot of your storylines lead to nothing, and that your match and you're not that good as matches. Your really good matches are few and far between, and like most of the good matches you had were with like a guy that's no longer with us. R.I.P. Brody. Yeah, man, it's like it's a lot, man. I, I, not I think, everybody has to be know. fucking Okada in the ring to make yeah. the wrestling work. Right, like, and and that's the thing. Like, we we all know that like the Ricky Stark thing in the right situation can all work for him, but the stuff that they're having him do is not conducive to him get actually getting over. Like, they're little broing him on his on this fucking show that's supposed to be that's allegedly is trying to push him, and it ain't yep. working out that way right now. Unless the whole plan, is, unless it's an eighteen month plan, which I don't really see right now, <clears throat> given that they're already like. You know, in week four, they're like, "Hey, let's do, let's go to week five, and let's have our fourth match between FTR and the Bang Bang Gang." It don't seem like, like y'all probably making out long term plans. So y'all just doing shit. Like, if this shit was designed to like start like pushing Ricky Starks like a superstar, right? You know what you do? You hand him the mic, and they don't hand him the mic like that. They're like, they're going the wrong way about. It. There should be no reason in God's green earth that LA Knight is more over than Ricky Starks. There should be no reason. Well, I, I I think there's a colorism. Uh, oh, I, th- I think well, there's racism. Well, there uh, is that. Yeah. Look, you're letting, you're your look, you're letting this you're, guy talk point. and do his thing, right? They're yeah, letting yeah. him like get his 40 seconds, 60 seconds, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. establish something, right? Yeah. Are they letting Ricky Sarks like talk nope. like that? Nope. Nope. Nothing. And if they are letting him talk a couple times, you know, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't hit a home run. In a couple of those ones that um you know earlier this year you know through right. the drill well, thing yep. right and the and the, uh, since the MJF one that one was great but mm-hmm. it's like the people that are good in wrestling are sometimes they they do well sometimes they don't the people that are great you can just fucking count on them and, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the situation like we don't have to like set up special circumstances for Eddie Kingston or John Moxley to shine in promos that's true. So like, I think they also have more stroke than, uh, or, and I, I think, yeah. I think Kingston has more stroke by proxy of the people that like love him, respect him backstage, and that, right. like, you know, maybe Starks doesn't have yet because of his age in the game. That also comes right. with it too. Like Kingston has a veteran status that like Starks has to you know put in some years to get to. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, look. Uh, I just think that they're, I just don't think they're necessarily using him to the best of his ability. Um, and like when they don't, one thing I have to judge is what they're giving me. And when I'm watching what they give me, it's like, I don't think they're going to get him over the way that they kind of seem like they're playing on getting some of those certain select guys that were put on this particular roster. I don't think it's going to work doing that. And it's like, all right, man. Like, yeah, I feel like you asked asking Steph Curry to shoot a bunch of twos. <laughs> you know, like, I think you he, have to like. The, I think the only path for him up is to turn again or whatever again to turn back. Mm. But how's that gonna work when like mm. you know, CM Punk ends up going to one of these towns that he's getting booed out the, out the gym. Everything's just gonna be fucking backwards, and it's just like, how's that gonna help Ricky in the long run? Because then it's like, oh, 
are you going to get tempted to turn him back? And it's like, oh, <laughs> it all gets fucked up. And, like when a, and, went, now he's on the, and now he's on the road to Big Show. <laughs> bingo. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, th- like, I think that's what people ignore with. It's like, yeah, we'll, we'll be a winner, you know, be a shared in some place and boo in the other. I'm like, eventually, that shit affects other people. And you have no opponents after a while. So, like, all right, let's run it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, back, back to, uh, what's the name? Brian Laz, you, you command no respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, I guess it's this place to wrap it up with you command no respect. Fuck. <laughs> all right, thanks for listening, y'all. That's the end of the show. Um, if you're watching from the stream, go to the... Uh, cash app go to the uh, paypal and donate there if you're listening from the podcast you can go to the show notes um and uh, go to our rare circle link and donate there and listen to the other shows on the network besides one issue radio you have keeping a strong style the ricky and clive wrestling show grown men watch this shit the great consequences podcast all things elite Great match generator. Get in the ring and meet the press slam. Thanks for listening, y'all. Oh, also 8 bit suplex. Ah. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.